Greetings, everybody. Welcome to 372 Pages. We'll never get back. This is Connor Lestoka. Me and Mike were just doing DJ voices before we <laughs> signed on. You know, here. Gonna, it's hard to turn it off. To go ahead with yours. Let me hear your DJ voice. Hey, everybody. It's Two for Tuesday. We're going to be getting the let out right after I drive home. Traffic and weather together on the 8s. I think if you do a little bit of Alan Thick, you know, where you kind of plug your nose just a little bit. We tried to do that on a thing, and I could not do an Alan Thick. It does not fall within my vocal, vocal range. Well, no, you don't have to do Alan Thick. You just have to put a little bit of Alan Thick into your voice. I feel like when I try to do Alan Thick, my uvula retracts up into my throat, and that's just not a physical action I'm capable uh, of doing. I understand. You could also go the Casey Kasem direction, where you just kind of put your tongue towards the front of your mouth. That's Everything something I'm be. able to do a lot easier. There you go. Casey Kasem. All right. That's oh not what we do yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll put the note ourselves. The actual discussion starts after the DJ. Yes, start. there we go. <laughs> that guy has just like had a stroke listening to that. <laughs> but no, this is 372 pages. We'll never get back. We are not drive time DJs. We are Connor Lestoka and Mike Nelson. And we're discussing uh, another book that we picked up expecting not to like. And, you know, true to the podcast's track record, we've enjoyed it quite a bit, but it is not good. No. <laughs> en- enjoyed it more than most books. I'd say but, so, uh, yeah. yeah. We're, we're approaching, this is the penultimate episode about it, which is, the book is Antigua, The Land of Fairies, Wizards, and Heroes, Part 1, by Larry and Denise Brown Ellis. Written and, in what year? Uh, I believe in, it was like 2012, 2011, something like that. So yeah, a decade ago, and no no Part 2. No Part 2. 2007. So yeah, approaching a decade and a half. So this is kind of like, um, you know, a Boston album. Uh, you got to wait a really long time. Yep. And it may not come out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I don't, what, what, there, there's another famous part, a Mel Brooks History of the World part one. That was, I guess that was a joke, though. Yeah, that was a joke. And so. as, as we've learned throughout the uh, episode, people have done some dives into this. We may not be, if we get Antigua part two, it may not be from uh, the combined duo here. <laughs> yeah. There's... <laughs> Uh, we've we've joked about their relationship, and turns out uh, reality is probably sadder than ours. Sadder than our parody and satire that we've you know parody so satire. so quickly you know yeah definitely have been just making up as we go. None of that was yes. supposed to be taken. So, anyway, uh, we are going to get to the uh, penultimate section of the book, and we have all our traditional departments here. We've got our uh, various emails from our listeners. We have dumb sentences of the week, and we've got a, a special edition. Of, of real or fanfic, which we will uh, explain as we get closer to it. But right now, we've got a lot of Antigua to dive into <laughs> because, uh, you know, we, we've, we've probably set the record for most characters in a book. We've got an update on that coming. Um, we've introduced multiple uh, new races <laughs> of, of, of creatures, and there's a climactic battle a-brewing. Uh, can you get us up to speed on, on sort of where we are in the plot? Yeah, sure. And I would just like to say, look, I try to take light notes on this stuff. <laughs> I try, but there's just so much going on. Yeah. The Ellis is, the, the world building is is fantastic and amazing. Um, so, yeah. So, where are we so far? There are uh, four lands in the kingdom of Antigua. Mm-hmm. There's kind of the east. There's sort of your traditional uh, compass yeah. points. Yeah, they, they don't reinvent the wheel there. There's the east, there's the west, uh, there's the north where the, the evil queen lives, and there's the south, which 
I don't think they. I think weather wise, they're pretty much the same. Yeah, the north was cold, obviously, and then the rest the are is cold, indistinguishable. The rest are sort of temperate and have both plains, forests, jungles. Mm-hmm. Um, so whatever you need, you know, whatever you need at the time. <laughs> right. Yes, and in these kingdoms live three identical kings. Yes, identical except for their names. Identical queens, except for their names. Yes. Uh, identical princesses, except for their names, and special weapons. And special weapons, yes. And identical wizards, except for their names and apprentices. Their top hats are identical, yes. Yes. But <laughs> they are, uh, we have been building and building. We've been sort of stalled, really. Um, yeah. In, in a battle against the evil queen. It's been sort of like chapter one. There's an evil queen. We are going to do battle with that evil queen because she keeps sending, I don't know, ghost riders after us or uh, 3D holograms of of, uh, dragons. Which ghosts, yeah. Yeah, so we need, obviously we need to come to, this needs to come to a head. We have to put a stop to this. But before that, let's just (laughs) hang out a while. And that's been the book. Yeah. Before that, uh, can I interest you in a mini wad? Yes. (laughs) So... Excuse me. So we're hanging out, um, but uh, that's where we are right now. The fair is, I think, just getting over. It's the whole time frame to me throughout this section. There was times where I was I was certain that we were at like you know the night before you know the 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 breath before the plunge, the deep breath before the plunge, <laughs> yes. and then it would be like uh, the queen would be like, "Well, we got three days. We can sort of uh, we don't." Have, it's like, "Well, I thought we were the night before. I thought you know <laughs> they, they were they were they were landing at Omaha Beach, but no. Uh, the, the time frame seems to vary depending on where we are and who we are, and the time frame seems to vary based on uh, who's writing this because." Though the sense of urgency is there, we start off <laughs> this, I believe, three-chapter section with mm-hmm. two that are entirely focused on the wizard apprentice Jonathan and his various gripes with his uh, fellow apprentices. Yes. It's incredible. Uh, but because we compare it so very often, we compare most of our books to um, World War II, and, and you just did. Let's go back to that. Sure. Remember when, when Eisenhower, before, they kept like waiting that the tide had to be right and the moons had to be right? Uh-huh. And so for a while, they just hung out with that talking gorilla. That was the <laughs> unknown part of, of leading up to the Battle of, uh, of Normandy was yes. that. Yes. So that's right. a, an oft-forgotten part of history that I think people should read that book. Yeah, the Gordel uh, advised in that, uh, if this invasion is unsuccessful letter that Ike had prepared. Exactly, um, yeah. I ha- we'll, we'll get to it. I have a note there that uh, has something about okay. Ike and D-Day here. So <laughs> okay. it's, uh, <laughs> I have too many notes to find it immediately, but we'll, we'll, we'll get there. Sure. So... Let's get into it. This is chapter 12 where this begins. I, I feel like I, I stopped demarcating my chapters at some point in time. I think we read from chapter 12 to chapter 15. This one starts with, uh, as we said, it's on the eve of the great battle, and the uh, great wizard Vlandorf is unset, uh, unhappy with his accommodations in his tent. So, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, so what does he do? He, he does what all, you know, if you're thinking about wizards, of course. What, what do wizards like? Well, well they, they, they like beautiful lace drapes hanging down from the top of the tent to the ground. Beautiful king-size beds to rest on. Yeah. Uh, beautiful chaises to sit on. And all kinds of exotic plants decorating their tents. Wizards. The classic, classic wizards. Yeah, what do you think about Radagast the Brown with a bird nesting in his beard? This is, you know, he was just going home to a, a home full of beautiful lace drapes and king-size beds. 
So yes. the uh, bed size standards are translating to the magical land of Antigua. <laughs> right. I had to look that up just to just to see because we don't know how time works there. We don't know how long it's been around. The uh, bed size standards started in the 1870s, and then the uh, invention of the box spring in the 1910s. Uh, caused them to evolve, and then king and queen sizes were not uh, along until the fifties. Oh, yeah, that seemed about right for me. I was going to say eighteen seventies. Yeah, that was when they were just like, here's a, a a sack of of slightly softer than average turnips, and that's a, a full bed or whatever. Right, right. Did I wonder if like Vlandorf did he disrupt the industry? Did he pull? Did he make his bed? Because it doesn't say exactly how he got it. He's just sort of wished them into existence. Yes. But did it come in a box the size of a mini fridge that That's then he true. that he cut open? Yeah, he used a, a promo code Nasty Fox in order to get twenty percent <laughs> off. Yes, but so he the whole point is that he he walks in and he he says this isn't suitable for a wizard to rest in, and he waves his magic wand and zaps things, and it makes you wonder why people are even decorating the wizard's tents in the first place if they are able to just show up and you know. Zap it, and there's a, a poster of um, you know Cheryl Teagues on the wall. All of a sudden, like right, yeah. I, I guess if you're having a wizard over, you don't really have to worry. Like, son, you know, go make sure you, the beds are made, and the <laughs> yes, you know, yeah. mom, so, it's a wizard. He's just going to zap it and make new curtains. <laughs> there's going to be an electrical charge coming out of his wand. <laughs> but then uh, the whole point here is that the, the wizard Jonathan is trying to use mind games. To trick Vlandorf into approving uh, a challenge between Jonathan, Brandon, and William, the other wizard apprentices. And his mind games are essentially sort of just like asking if they can have a challenge. Yes, that he he quays, he's like three level chess against this poor wizard yes. who's you know busy making sure his doilies have the correct <laughs> amount of holes in them or whatever. And so this is the uh, this is how it's laid out by the Ellises that uh, this clever mind game is happening as Jonathan approaches the wizard. He says at one point, "I have to be clever in making the old <laughs> wizard believe that this is just practice for the impending battle and not a challenge." And then a sentence or two. And then the wizard apprentice Jonathan was trying to use mind games to trick the wizard Vlandorf into approving the challenge. So thank you for, yes. for repeating that. Because <laughs> I had forgotten from the sentence right before that. That, yes. that was what was happening. So thank you. Yeah, we focus so much on the absurd number of characters and the exclamation marks and the <laughs> talking gorillas and nasty foxes that... Stuff like that where they do just sort of repeat the same thing three times and, and always do it three times gets lost in the mix. But it's, it's important not to lose that level of insanity by focusing on the, all the other levels of insanity in the book. Yes, and, and if this book were otherwise like we were happy with, with how this book was going, <laughs> we of course wouldn't pick on spellings like I have to be cleaver. Sure. But I'm sorry, but I'm just going to. <laughs> yes. No, those are delightful when, when they do pop up, but we get a few yes. more of those this time. Yeah. Uh, so the, the the wizard says, like, this sounds good. We, we, we got to do this. Uh, I'll alert the kings, queens, knights, and princesses so they can all attend. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so you have to imagine at least the knights would be like, honestly, there is a the, – the battle of our lives awaits us. But he does uh, <laughs> insist that they, that they come and watch this thing. And the, the Ellis's have laid it on thick throughout the book, like we knew from the, the very first mention, the first time that, you know, Jonathan smiled wickedly at someone that he was going to, you know, go to the dark side. But then it says here, when Jonathan got outside of Vlandorf's tent, an evil expression came on his face. 
Um, so it's it's really not uh, not subtle at all. And uh, you know, it just if if you were to be uncharitable, you would say that this this alone disqualifies it from their intended age group. Um, <laughs> Here of the, of the preteens or whatever they had said, so uh, sure. Denise did not uh, did not address this in her book, but they do lay out the challenge here, um, <laughs> and it's just just to keep in mind that this is the the climactic battle in theory could be one page away at this point in time. Yes, but they they then lay out a a Harry Potter Wizards Cup type of thing. Um, there's, yes. The challenges are there's going to be a, a race. It's a four-step mm-hmm. four, four challenge. A, a race, yeah. and then there's going to be... They have to fly to Blackwoodsbury Forest, which is full of witchers, warlocks, and strange creatures. Uh, and it is also an island. <laughs> well, okay, I, I have the four written down. I think you, you skipped over the blandest one. Okay, sorry. So there's four challenges. Yeah. I had to tease them out because <laughs> they're, they're, it's really... The way it's written is like, wait... And the fourth is the wait. You said four. <laughs> it was very confusing. But the first was a wand race where you ride your wand. Yes. Only one winner. Okay. The, the second race, fly on your wand. Only one winner. This time to Blackswoodberry Forest. <laughs> Third challenge: fly on your wand to the kingdom of Alexandrio and retrieve the special sword. Yes. And then challenge four levitate an item without touching it the item must be heavy <laughs> now so that's three climb on your wand and fly somewhere <laughs> fly somewhere but, that's the key important because remember he has just instructed the kings queens princesses and knights all to attend this gathering to attend the thing and watch it so now, they, they they pay they give it buy their ticket they they get some popcorn they sit down and they're and, off they, and they fly away they fly into back to blackwoodsbury forest and they literally, there's a description of that later that they return. <laughs> but anyway, the odd thing about it is, okay, challenge one. And then here's a quote. The second challenge is the most dangerous of the four. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, you guys got your own way of doing things. Sure. <laughs> it's very untraditional. They they usually build. But, that I mean, that's kind of interesting. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Once you've done the, the most... The stated most dangerous challenge, which is flying to Blackwoodsbury Forest, which is also an island, it does make um, lifting a heavy object slightly less of a uh, of a climax. There, uh, it made me wonder. Like you know, I don't know if you've ever. I used to watch uh, occasionally watch a good strongman competition. Sure, you know, sure, that was giant guys putting rocks up on things. Ninety percent of ESPN 2s programming <laughs> in the uh, early aughts. Yeah. And uh, I think they would they would have to rearrange things because they'd realize that like oh I guess the putting the rocks on the pillars thing is like a crowd favorite okay. we used to put that at the front <laughs> but uh, here they're just gonna do it they're just gonna say look the second challenge is gonna be it's the hardest and it's gonna be the most exciting and from there we just sort of do some crap <laughs> yes so I mean you know kudos to them they're shaking things up. Yeah, I, the, the people could be sitting in the stands, uh, you know, as they have flown off to Blackwoodsbury Forest Island and be like, is this supposed to be how long it's taking? I know it's the most dangerous. Maybe they're not coming back from this. And, you know, at what point in time do you be like, we really have to get to the battle? I was thinking about the uh, the vendors. Mm-hmm. So when you have this kind of a competition where immediately the people fly <laughs> off and go somewhere else for. 10 hours i I don't know it's it's, who knows they don't really give times no if you're a vendor 
I mean, you have to be happy with. I'm assuming there's like games of chance and stuff. Like, well, they're off, people. So now come on over to my ring toss right. and uh, also drink my. Uh, here's my my green, uh, you know, my hurricanes or whatever. Yes. And so you must be happy, like. Oh, please, I hope one of them gets killed in the forest and they don't come back. Because <laughs> I am making bank here. Grief is great for dip and dot sales. <laughs> yes. But it could also be like uh, Major League Baseball where, you know, bottom of the seventh inning, last call for booze, last call for, you know, whatever yeah. their equivalent of mead is here in this town. So if that kicks in, you know, uh, what, an hour into the Blackwoodsbury Forest most dangerous challenge? That could be a disaster yeah. if they haven't and even gotten to... 17 inning, uh, yeah, flying If they haven't to gotten to lifting the heavy object yet, that's... So, yeah, it's, it, it, is, it is pretty great that they just, you know, he, he announces this challenge as the guy is rearranging his tent. Uh, the guy is immediately like, oh, sounds good. Um, here's the four challenges off the top of his head. And then they, next thing you know, the, the kings are being escorted into the stadium to watch this. Yeah, so if you're the king... You know, you're pulling on your attending a competition robes or whatever because your wife is like, get in. We have to go yeah. to this thing. You cannot wear that. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like tugging at the sleeves. What am I doing? Putting his watch on. Like, I had what just is put this? on my chain mail. I... Yes. Aren't we? We're going to battle. I, I was, you know, that little breastplate for my horse. I was having that strapped on. Like, <laughs> yeah. no, no, we have to go to this. No, thing. no. Jonathan Chatham's William. Like, who? Is that, is that <laughs> Timothy? Is that the same guy? Oh, yeah. So he sits down in his royal chair and, and watches um, some wizard apprentices fly away. Yeah. And so once they float away, uh, Thandor for, does put on some more fireworks. And uh, everyone in the arena started laughing, yelling out and clapping their hands at the beautiful fireworks uh, display in the sky provided by the great wizard Thandor for. And that's where I had my D-Day comparison. I said it was okay, as if they had, Ike right. had made everyone sit down and watch his kids do a Pinewood Derby before the invasion. <laughs> okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just wrote this down with a note. This is incredible. And so I took these notes a while ago, so we'll have to find out why this okay. is incredible as I read this. The pixie Tamari saw the fairy Prisandra flying by. Tamari took a small stone, threw it, and hit Prisandra upside her head. <laughs> the fairy Prisandra screamed out. She turned around and yelled, Oh, Tamari, I swear if I catch you, I'll destroy you. Tamari, who was laughing and flying around, said, oops. She covered her mouth and then flew quickly away before the fairy Prisandra could catch her. So this is just, that's, I guess we're just supposed to, like, that's a little side note, um, you know, before the, as the storm builds and everything. Once yeah. again, like, we're just supposed to focus on, why am I paying attention to this? It's like, eh, you know, it's like in a cartoon where you just, for one second, you see this little thing. So we see two fairies throwing stones at each other's heads. Yeah, I don't know if they're supposed to be, uh, you know, Toby Belch and Andrew Egacheek in the Twelfth Night type of thing. I like, guess just to, if, if those had been constant characters throughout this, of uh, you know, comic relief asides, maybe it makes sense. However, I, I didn't look to see whether that was a, a pixie or fairy we had seen before. There's been so many, but uh, they're possibly, possibly they've been here before, and possibly it's their first appearance. 
Throwing stones right upside her head. <laughs> it just doesn't seem very fairy-like. Yeah. It seems like Scott Farkas would do that. Right. <laughs> and then his crummy little toady would laugh. <laughs> and then the oops is not uh, even specified as being sarcastic, so maybe it was genuine. I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Uh, speaking of sarcastic, there is a, a, a an exchange as the wizards are flying off. Jonathan looked wickedly over at William. Uh, the wizard apprentice William looked back at Jonathan and smiled sarcastically. So that's kind of a fun challenge is to imagine how you would how you would do that. That is, but I'm glad this was the one I thought you were going to call out, and this one is a little more explicit. The wizard apprentice Brandon accidentally <laughs> flew right through a barn and passed by some cows that were inside. One of the cows said, moo. <laughs> so. uh, yeah, that, that reminded me of uh, some Looney Tunes as well. Just sort of like, you know, Brandon gets uh, he, something and, you know, the chicken in front of his face. And, you know, he, he finally clears it just in time to leave a Brandon-shaped hole in the wall. You know, a cow yes. moos. He leaves a Brandon-shaped hole in the other wall as he flies out of there. One of the cows said moo. That's right. Yeah, saying. right. Just uh, like... Standing up, leaning against the uh, the fence, uh, sipping a you know a cafe americano or something, and then flies through and goes like drops the uh, monocle in his espresso <laughs> and goes moo. Yeah, well, because we we you know we're in a world where virtually every animal, other animal we've met, has talked. Uh, sure. Be it fox, gorilla, etc., monkey, I think. So uh, we that's that's the cow's catchphrase. That's the how the cow you know greets humans. Who who's to say? But it's also good to acknowledge that the cows do exist because we have seen a lot of cow's milk being drunk. So That's true. <laughs> it's important to uh, know where it's coming from. Uh, I'm going to consult the map now. Here's um, they, they flew to the end of the westernmost kingdom of the land of Antigua okay. and then turned around and headed back to the marketplace. <laughs> so how, how much are we talking here? Like... I'm in I'm in Minneapolis. Am I flying to Iowa, mm-hmm. or am I flying to Arizona? To am Francisco I flying Bay? to San Francisco yeah. Bay? Uh, like, do you, do you have any concept? I, I mean, people have done a great job making those maps. I don't know if there's been a scale involved, though. Okay. Although, didn't uh, Rebecca, tr- you know, come from the ocean to this area in a matter of days, though? Uh, I I guess but, so. I, I don't remember yeah. which side the ocean was, but. Okay. Yeah, no, the, yeah, the the uh, li- one listener, I believe Patrick, updated the map to include all the new lands that were revealed in this one. So that's been we, I've posted that this morning. Um, I, but if we if anyone can develop a scale, that would be really appreciated. Sure. Yeah, Here, yeah. Here's a question I have for you. Uh, once the mm-hmm. boys return, um, and Landorf says, "Look there, the young apprentices are back." The crowd looked up into the sky and saw in the distance the three apprentices flying back to them. The crowd roared with cheers and laughter. Did you do a lot of roaring with laughter during Game 7 of the 91 World Series? (laughs) Just hashed that game out with uh, another fan of of that game who was much younger than me. And I was like, how do you remember that? I don't remember that. But I do remember that I... I don't remember roaring with laughter. Jack Morris coming back out for the tenth inning. You weren't, you know, weren't just like back slapping and roaring with laughter. Okay. When when TK handed him the ball back, yes, I went. <laughs> <laughs> Does seem like a, a fairly common reaction for for crowds who are approving sure. of something to do that, but sure. Uh, but the wizard Vlandorf has to uh, bring them up short 
on this, which I thought was good because the Wizard Vlandorf said, Young Jonathan, this is not a competition. We only want the three of you to get ready for the battle with the sorceress Guendevier. Yeah. I, we had two pages of him explaining the competition. I said paragraphs earlier, it has to be a race. There could be only one winner. There are no points for second place. Points! <laughs> Guys, please, this is not a competition. <laughs> yeah, it's like the reverse over the top. Ladies and gentlemen, please, this is not a competition. <laughs> but John, it's because it's the crowd is chanting William's name, but Jonathan yells out, I flew just... So William won. I mean, the good guy has wins and will win all of these, obviously. But Jonathan says, I flew just as fast and just as far as William did. Why are all of you cheering him? What about me? So, <laughs> I mean, he, he, he didn't fly as fast as him. He flew slightly no. less fast than him, thereby sure. finishing in second place. Yes. <laughs> so it just, it's, it's a shame that, you know, our, our Olympics, you know, we just had didn't have a, a, a silver medalist uh, making that that claim from the metal stand. Hey, I was I was just as good as him. Like, <laughs> sort of undercuts hey, hey. the whole spirit of competition. To not it's really, not, it's not a competition, man. <laughs> now stand on the podium and take your medals right. one through four. It's incredible. But they um, very quickly uh, move on to phase two of the competition. Yes, and phase two is Blackwoodsbury Forest, yes. which to me sounds like a soap maker on Etsy or something. But uh, uh, Vlandorf's magical wand lifted itself up in the air and flew out of Vlandorf's tent. The wand flew through the air by itself all the way to Blackwoodsbury Forest. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, uh, to use another military thing, is this like the U.S. military, like, pulling one of their aircraft carriers out of the Baltic and like giving it to the Boy Scouts or something. Like, <laughs> right. Vlandorf, don't we need that? For <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like the only thing that can destroy like ghosts, you know, it's and 3D uh, dragons. So maybe to be, hang on to that. Yeah, the most powerful object in existence. And uh, Gwendevier has Orin the Owl who can see all this stuff happening. So it would provide a great opportunity to attack. Right. <laughs> and yeah, it's it's on an isolated island. It's out on like uh, you know, the sea land or something uh, because it Blackwoodsbury Forest is requires you to cross over to the side of the ocean ruled by King Harnaqua. So the, right. the boundaries here are once again invoked of his his line of tape down the middle of the ocean. Right, and we get a really good sense of what their, you know, I I guess what their missile warning system is or whatever. Uh-huh. You know, like I'm assuming we have, you know, there's, there are, you know, yeah, they're you'll hurling have 22 a, a, minutes until the missile lands. We've detected yeah. it. Uh, they have it there with the, in the waters of Antigua with King Harnaqua <laughs> uh, because he looked up from the ocean into the sky and saw the wizard of Princess William, the wizard Princess Jonathan, and the wizard Princess Brandon flying over his side of the ocean. <laughs> so don't think, you know, you can pull one over on them. They got this system in place where the king looks up and sees <laughs> yes. stuff. Just flying over his side, like are they? They could really annoy him by like being right on the other side, but doing the uh, walking two fingers over to his side of the ocean. Yes, exactly. like you do in the back seat of the car with your brother. Yes, amazing. But he uh, he he zaps. Uh, I believe William, the good guy, uh, knocks him into the ocean. Uh, Jonathan keeps going because he's you know, obviously evil. He doesn't care. But Brandon tries to go rescue him. It says, The wizard apprentice William was shaken up but still conscious. He wasn't hurt at all. He was sinking to the bottom <laughs> of the ocean. So as you're sinking to the bottom of the ocean, you, you could be described as being shaken up. That might be a, 
you know, the, the way after you, you know, you, you take a, a foul ball to a finger and you're sort of trying to shake it off. Yes. Yeah. Boy, that boy, my hand sting. It's yes. cold out here in that pitch. Yeah. I fouled it off. Yeah. An anglerfish just uh, swam past me. I am, I am shaken up. And then, uh, uh, okay, he wasn't hurt at all. He's sinking to the bottom. And then I think he confronts a, a shark, right? A sh- yep. Yep. A large okay, gray shark. shark. Was just about to swallow William Hole. <laughs> okay. Swallowing Hole. And then the shark almost got close enough to the wizard apprentice Brandon to chew him up into pieces. Huh. Which is he going to do? Make up your do? damn mind. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, you know, maybe he saw William and uh, maybe William's on the slighter side. And but maybe Brandon's a beefier boy who required some some, you know, yeah, I masticating. Guess that's true. Yeah, okay, all right. That that <laughs> solves that issue. Yep. No word on whether the shark had swords for noses or teeth or, or arms or whatever the hell was going on that first time we met the sharks. And no, um, what's the name of the octopus? Uh, Charlie E. Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No. Oh, alas, no. no. No signs of Charlie E. Either Miniwad or the octopus, and. Uh, the the brother is is still is still out there somewhere, right? Back in back in Wales, it, it has been pointed out to us that uh, we we've, we've we've imposed uh, a bit of confusion into the situation because <laughs> we know that Rebecca is from Wales. That's been revealed. Yes, and I believe we had her at some point in time, either being in London or trying to get to London. Pe- people said that there has been no London. London has not been mentioned. Okay, <laughs> no one's <laughs> taking the tube anywhere. That's just a, an invention okay. of our confusion. All right. It, it was not clear, though. We, yes. I think we could. I think we could state that. Well, uh, uh, they get to the forest, which is, is yes. fortunately, uh, they, he, uh, Jonathan gets there and, and flies around the beginning of the forest, which is an interesting way to to describe a spatial location. Uh, it's very much like a well, it's it's like a five year old telling a story, but it's also like a video game, I guess. And, and we get some some nice description of sort of the cosmos here. It says that the moon in their world shined more brightly than in Rebecca's world. So that's interesting. Um, we, 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 get a, we get a description of the stars later. I believe the stars are three times bigger than the stars in Rebecca's world. And Rebecca's uh, not there, so the, this information is coming from the, uh, the omnipotent uh, narrator. Yes, it's a very funny way to describe it as these sure. two guys who, okay. uh, I guess they've met Rebecca. They have. They, they walked, William and Rebecca walked, right, for like yes, four yeah. pages. Um, they sort of held hands or so, whatever. But it, it would have been funnier if one of them had remarked, uh, that it was the our, the moon in our world is much brighter than Rebecca's world. Sure, yes. And does the moon shine? Right, the moon reflects the sun's light. Just to be pedantic, it's yes. Sorry. Yes. Uh, here's my question: What do the Ellises think forests are? Because <laughs> when the wizards approached the forest, the forest was very dark. There were no lit torches anywhere in the forest. <laughs> Hello? What? <laughs> what? That's a uh, like a one-star Yelp review of like Sequoia National Park or something. <laughs> no lit torches, very hard to see. <laughs> uh, one star, couldn't get the box open. Sent it back. <laughs> Thanks for that review. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, the trees are hundreds or even thousands of years old. Uh, some of their branches spread out over 50 feet long. The trunk, tree trunks themselves were made of black wood, which was not seen anywhere in the land of Antigua. This is why everyone called the forest Blackwoodsbury. And true to the style, uh, all of those sentences ended in exclamation marks. <laughs> uh, there's only a few times that I call out the uh, pure, undistilled Ellis style, mm-hmm. but I will here because this is just like, oh, 
it's like the perfect okay you know it's like two fingers of a whiskey that you're just like oh my gosh this mm-hmm. is it this yeah. is the best hook it to my veins the wizard apprentice jonathan continued his journey around blackwoodsbury forest to look for the great wizard vlandorf's magic wand the wizard apprentice brandon walked carefully through blackwoodsbury forest in search of the great wizard vlandorf's <laughs> magic wand <laughs> Yes. Yes, it's perfect. Perfection. Yep. Little Dwight David Thrash copy paste uh, with mm. a touch of horrible fantasy. This, I, I, I was confused what you were going to read because I thought this was a, an exemplary thing as well. They have this very strange style of, of describing something that you understand very well uh, by, by referencing another thing that's almost identical to it. They're, these are the Blackwoodsbury trolls, which of sure. course come in an army of seven that approach... Mm-hmm. Um, they had claws as sharp as razors, and they carried spears with tips as sharp as knives. <laughs> and it's you know it just gets buried. But the they, the fact that they need to convey to us that a a weapon is sharp by comparing it to another weapon that is sharp is is just sort of delightful to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, continuing on, here's how not to describe a person. Okay, the young woman started to run through the forest. As she ran, she was laughing and giggling. The wizard apprentice Brandon ran after her. She was so beautiful that he had to know who she was. (laughs) Finally, the young woman stopped running. Brandon also stopped running when he caught up to her. The woman was about 24 years old. She was actually the most beautiful woman that Brandon had ever seen. (laughs) And the wizard apprentice Brandon felt a strange attraction for the woman. That is amazing. That's a that's a that's a character introduction to uh, to be replicated and taught in schools. We should, yeah, we, we should take well known figures and try to describe them in the way that that was just described. Yeah, action in between uh, sort of escalating levels of beauty, uh, a, a weirdly unspecific yet still specific age uh, in, a, in a book that's been full of specific ages. Oh, uh, that is, of course. Uh, it's so funny because obviously it is some sort of witch, but it does go on for quite a while. <laughs> and Brent, you know, these three wizards, as we've said, every character has been uh, indistinguishable. And the only uh, difference here is that um, Jonathan was obviously going to turn evil. I didn't know that William and Brandon had a difference here, but it turns out that Brandon is is is. The dumbass of the trio. Yeah, Brandon's a dumbass, and William is kind of helping him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But Brandon is, you know, he's loyal and nice. But he he did say at some point in time, like, all the other guys think I'm slow, or like they think I'm a I'm a I'm a loser or something. Uh, and that was like, oh, has this been happening before? I I didn't really I never picked up on on if they had laid any of this down. I had never noticed it before. Yeah, I think he's the he's like a dog that Bugs Bunny has a run in. Sure, with or yeah. Oh, he's uh, he's the rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> the lady is pretty in twenty four bugs. Yes, but she says, and she also doubles down on that. She says, uh, "You know, the trees know who I am. Nothing will happen to me here. I have lived here for the past twenty four years." So that 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 checks out. That if she was about twenty four, maybe she moved here from you know the east part of antigua when she was like one but she considers this as being where she's from just cause yeah she... like where were you born like well yeah. i mean i was born here but i, you know, well, I was born in germany because my dad was you sure, know, in, in the military in the military <laughs> um but so after paragraphs of that this is obviously like a, you know a witch tricking the pretty lady <laughs> she was hoping that she was hoping that he would hold her hand and allow her to lead him deep into Blacksward Berry Forest. It was a trick. 
<laughs> so the Ellis's had me like hook, line, and sinker. Like, oh my gosh, is mm-hmm. he going to? <gasps> it's a trick. Yes. <laughs> they they do that. They say just a few sentences later, what the Wizard of Brutus branded didn't know was that the Casadorna was a witch. So that's. <laughs> They, okay. they have some great storytelling in this thing where just they undercut any, even if you were if you were Brandon yourself and reading this thinking it was actually just a pretty lady that living in this spooky abandoned forest. Uh, they, they, they tell you that before it's revealed in the book. Sure. Uh, I've got my own sonic challenge. I'll just do this for myself. Okay. Because okay? she flew through the air and screamed at Brandon. So I'll do that. Uh-huh. Um, she's flying. Ah. <laughs> Oh, wait. Oh, hang on. Let me read the next sentence. Her scream was a piercing scream. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry. You got ahead of it. Damn, I like, should have. You got to read these I things, should've. you know, all at once and then go back for your sonic challenges. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Now I got it. Ah! Well, okay. There you go. Piercing. Well, she was furious and determined to destroy the young wizard. This is awful. How is, she, how is he possibly going to escape this? He's doomed. Brandon pointed her, Brandon pointed her wand at the witch, and then suddenly she disappeared all that was seen was a puff of smoke. So for approximately, I think the, the you know, probably around 24, like her age, a, yeah. a wizard has wondered what will happen and then remembered that it's well within their power to point their wand, zap anything, and it will disappear in a puff of smoke. And, and believe Brand- it or not, that's not going to be the last time that happens in this section. Yes. And Brandon goes, oh, lady disappear. <laughs> Brandon, not joke. <laughs> Uh, we get the wild boar attack, which I believe we covered in maybe one of the bonus real or fanfics. Yeah, fics. that was yep, that was real or fanfics. Okay. The boar, the wild boar. Um, B-O-R-E. Yep, it's... yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid we have to do it because it is said over and over again, and it's described. Yeah, and uh, the boar, B-O-R-E, was a type of wild pig. <laughs> You don't want to make, you don't want to, you know, wonder if this is like a mini wad type of thing since it is spelled differently. That's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, but it, it is, it, sometimes you have to tip your hat. Maybe it's, maybe it's Larry, you know, getting his, his sense of humor in here. But he says, he heard the noise again. It was like a snorting sound. Out of nowhere, a wild boar ran through the forest right toward William. The boar was a type of wild pig. The wild animal was over 300 pounds and it was five feet long. It had a thick black coat, was dirty. And smelled really bad. William didn't have time to worry about the wild animal's physical appearance. <laughs> oh, Larry, if that, if that was you, I, I tipped my hat. It made me laugh. Well, I, I appreciate you tipping your hat there, Captain. That was me. I came in. My wife was out for a little bit, so I sat down at the Mac, and I typed that out, and I'm pretty proud of it. Oh, Larry. Uh, let's, we, let's meet again. Corona's on me, man. Sweet, another kahuna for the whole room. Let's do it. <laughs> and the finally, the, the boar just gets bored, I guess, and runs off into the forest. So they, when they stop zapping their way out of scenarios, it just gets even more boring than just zapping and pointing in a puff of snow, puff of smoke. Yeah, I guess the only good thing about then he gets trapped by the tree or whatever. <laughs> yes. And then he had to remember a trick that the great wizard Vlandorf had taught him. The wizard apprentice William decided to transfigure himself into a snake. William closed his eyes and yelled, Transdom Transforum Slither. <laughs> he had to remember a trick. He had to remember that he had been taught that he could turn himself into a snake. <laughs> yes. He had to remember to decide to transfigure. Man. As, as human beings don't communicate this way. What is happening? <laughs> yeah, it is. That's, that's that Kleine and uh, I felt myself remembering that I could turn myself into a snake. Yes. 
And uh, after that, then so they've been attacked by uh, black Blackwoodsberry trolls, a thousand-year-old tree, the wild boar, and now some Blackwoodsberry beasts. And yes. <laughs> this is where we get another thing that. Uh, you know, it, they, they, there's a lot to stack up here, but you don't want to lose sight of the Ellis's bizarre fascination with slapping children. Because <laughs> the Blackwoodsberry <laughs> beast that William was battling slapped him across the face so hard that William flew up into the air away from them and landed on the ground. He was stunned but still conscious. So the uh, the slapping just continues. And again, not, not even the, the second to last time that happens in this section. I think I missed that, but uh, that's good. <laughs> Because uh, I was fixated on this. This is apparently, in their world, one of the very few metrics they have to measure other, other creatures. Okay. The Blackswoodberry Forest was full of gigantic creatures that were seven feet tall. <laughs> they were hairy like a bear and even more powerful than one. <laughs> they had the strength of two bears. <laughs> and, and that's, again, like a little kid, you're going like, it's he's a big thing. He's like seven feet tall. And rrr, oh, he comes out and he's yeah. he's he's more powerful than a bear. Oh, how much more powerful? What? He's two bears. Oh, that is more powerful. Yep. That's give me a fruit snack. <laughs> the biggest the biggest number you can think of. It's it's double a bear. Yes. So yeah, the, uh, the science textbooks in the land of Antigua have you know have all uh, you know infographics just list bear as, as opposed to how many strengths you're able to contain. Not the last time things will be compared to a bear. <laughs> Not either. Pointing that out. And so, how do they disperse these uh, disperse these things that are the strength of two bears? The uh, they, they force came out of the wand and made all the blackbirds, berry beasts that were attacking William disappear one by one. All you could see was a puff of smoke. <laughs> okay. And then, uh, so this gets to a technique that we've we've heard many times, but I've I've figured out. Uh, I'm going to try it on a different thing and see if you can figure it out before I get to the end of it. Uh, here's the technique. Okay. The wizard apprentice William walked past a large tree. Okay. The tree was very old. Okay. <laughs> That's a very odd way to tell a story, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah. It seems like a waste of words. But here's my uh, technique. A man drove past another man. The man was older than the other man. <laughs> the man was in a car. Uh-huh. The man's name was John Kennedy. <laughs> oh, the other man had been to Russia. The other man's name was Lee Oswald. <laughs> so that's how you tell a story. Yeah, that is. Now, now you get it. It combines the uh, him meeting the witch with the him walking past the tree techniques. Yes. Uh, but it was tr- Oswald's strength compared to a bear. That's what I need to... Yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Strong like bear. Maybe the umbrella man had a uh, had the strength of a bear. Who's to say? Yeah. Uh, William, of course, well, by that tree, uh, the old tree, or yeah, very old. Uh, he yes. finds the wand in there. The wand embedded itself in the Lee Harvey Oswald tree. He uh, plucks it out. He yells, "All right, I won the challenge. The nightmare is over. <laughs> uh, come on, wand. Let me get you back to Vlandorft." The Wizard of Princess Brandon and the Wizard of Princess Jonathan both heard William yelling out at the same time. They both knew instantly that William had found the missing magic wand. They both knew that the challenge is over. And I think they, they might have been able to intuit that by saying him saying, I won the challenge. The nightmare However, is over. the words of the wizard ringing in his ears, this is not a challenge. <laughs> yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not a competition. <laughs> but that's, that's what he wanted, right? He wanted... Jonathan wanted to use his mind games to get Vlandorf to approve this 
not thinking it was a challenge, right? Correct. And then the very first thing he does is bitch that he wasn't award, you know, that he wasn't winning or wasn't get, you know, didn't get points for second place. Yeah, look. Okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> right. It's a very old tree. I'm sorry. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, this is one of those cases where, I mean, they're rooting around Blackwoodsbury Forest for God knows how long. Mm-hmm. And to keep that kind of energy up. I, I, I remember once I did a, I, I did a TV show where we t- had to tape um, like six episodes with the same audience. Oh, God. Yeah. And, it's like you Jeopardy, know, and, I guess. Yeah. And you had to keep you know, keep warming them up and making sure that they, you know, can I get you a soda, you know, in the back. And <laughs> right. I was just a writer for it. And, um, and I just got so irritated, like really we're holding, cause they would go, we'd go, Hey folks, can we get one more out of this? You know, it's a half an hour show. It'd probably take an hour and a half to tape. Mm-hmm. And the crowd sitting there in bleachers <laughs> goes, Ugh. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's a comedy. Right. But so anyway, that put me in mind of this, like, they flew off. They're in Blackswoodbury, and the and the whole crowd is like looking at their watches, going like, "Well, I'm out of here. Obviously, I have no idea." And everyone going like, "No, please, please, the king is still here. Everyone's yeah. still just hang on. I'm sure they'll be back in a minute." Like, what is this bullshit? I'm I, not sitting. Around. No, no, ladies and gentlemen, it's very exciting. William just turned himself into a rattlesnake. If you could see it, it'd be great stuff, I assure you. I can't see it. I just see the guy in front of me is like picking his toes because he has sandals on. There's a beast approaching that have the strength of at least a bear and a half. Please bear with it. (laughs) It's like a rain delay, you know? You probably, you know, you've got uh, Timothy's probably like, you know, doing uh, sliding on the tarp like a slip and slide or something to entertain people. (laughs) Timothy. (laughs) Uh, But so they they do. They they come back um, and... Fly back across, you know, King Harnakwa's side of the ocean. Uh, the crowd goes wild when it sees them approaching, and they say, uh, "William, you are the winner because you found the wand." However, <laughs> since Brandon went down into the ocean, risked getting uh, chewed up by a shark that was going to swallow you whole, we are going to uh, grant the challenge to both Brandon and William. <laughs> and like the wizards had conferred, and like you know, they'd hash this out. Uh, and uh, so it says both Wizard Apprentice William and the Wizard Apprentice Brandon have won this challenge. It has been decided. Everyone in the house stood up on their feet and clapped and cheered the great wizard's decision. <laughs> <laughs> Which is is really like, uh, you know, a crowd at Wrigley Field or something when there's a uh, ground rule double or something, you know, where you're just like, we don't know what happened. I mean, <laughs> right. wasn't really paying attention. Yeah. Some guy was making a cup snake, so we, we, were, we were really watching that at this point in time. Yes. Yeah, no, uh, it's, it's uh, it, you know, Enrico Palazzo type of thing. He's, he's just, you know, interfering with this. Or the, the Hogwarts House Cup. They used to do that all the time. Oh, but because Harry was good of hearts, we've awarded them 200 bonus points. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> what, a, what a way to rob... Uh, everything of any kind of tension or drama like yeah we just changed the rules and everybody's happy with that too well when puffs of smoke and zapping are the you know that any drama that existed was uh, went by the wayside a long time ago when you could just do that true but okay so now the 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 second challenge which is the most difficult of the four challenges that has just ended it's ended so now it's the other two are just mop up (laughs) this is just like probably a lot of people going like Let's just beat the traffic. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, and th- and that's that's a a chapter break right there. Yes. Yeah. That so that's they have they have split up this <laughs> Pinewood Derby on the eve of D Day into two separate chapters. And I was just thinking about how you know 
you know, I feel like Game of Thrones did this, but like if this was ever a the the second to last episode of a TV season and you had been building up to something, how furious people would be if they were like, sure. oh, we're doing this. The wizards are going to fly across the ocean, kids. <laughs> You're splitting this into two? You're already wasting my time. Yes. Yeah, it is. It's like, uh, you know, Lost introducing new characters when you're like, there's 50 characters. Just tell us what's going to happen. Um, but nope, they, uh, they, they, chapter 13 starts with them uh, heading, heading towards the castle of King Arlux Honrio in the easternmost kingdom in the land of Antigua. And can I say about this, I, I laughed out loud at this, and I put this... Uh, Larry, if you're out there, uh, I, 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 I'm all ears, coaches. I know the pigeon thing was you, and God bless you for it. <laughs> Look, you know, some people call them rats with wings, but I, you know, I don't, I don't thought no one ever, pigeon never bit me. I don't know. Let's... Larry, let me give the people a taste of your genius and what I'm talking about here. All right. Earlier that afternoon, King Arlex Handrio had attached a small note to the leg of his pet pigeon. <laughs> the pigeon flew back home to King Arlex Handrio's castle when it was released just as it had always done. One of the animal handlers who was responsible for caring for the king's pigeons removed the note from the pigeon's leg. He read the note and then ran down the stairs to notify all the knights and that three young wizard apprentices were coming to retrieve King Arlex Handrio's sword from its special stand in the royal treasury chamber, and they were not to be stopped. Now, this was all the pigeon and the fact that he has pet pigeons and he has pet pigeon takers and caretakers who pull notes off of it was all done to explain the fact that they weren't surprised to see the three wizard apprentices go to the castle of King Arlexandria. You know, Denise had some questions, and she was wondering how they was going to see this away, and she's just going to hand wave it. And I said, oh, I got an idea. You just put, put a pigeon on there. That's how they all worked, and that that's what they do in the game, Thrones. Uh, I was just out by the pool, and... <clears throat> And I had, uh, I, I cracked one. Yeah, what are you looking at me for? So occasionally I like to, it's noon somewhere, right? And this pigeon landed. And I was like, hey, pigeon, 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 pigeon. And then it took a shit and it flew away. But I thought that would be pretty fun to put in a book. So, so I, I walked into the hotel suite and I said, Denise, is this, that's the answer is pigeons. And, and then, you know, when I, when I woke up a couple hours later, she typed it all up. There we go. She said, "If you're, Larry, if you're going to put another pigeon in this, I swear to God, I'm going down to the... It's your answer to everything. Pigeon. I am going to go play some uh, video poker if you're going to do that. All right. When you get back, you'll see. The pigeons going to work out good. It's going to be good. Good luck, honey. I love you. Don't write and a book you... about me after we split up. And when you get back, a little special little gift from Larry, if you know what I'm saying. Larry, you haven't got it up in a decade. <laughs> um, and, but then we we get to the castle. Uh, the, the pigeon thing is, you know, takes as much time to explain that as it does to, you know, get to the castle and do all this stuff. Sure. Uh, they, there's some uh, actual um, bickering between the two the, the good soul, the good wizard apprentice, and the bad wizard apprentice. Uh, William uh, has retrieved the sword. The guards know to let him do this because of the pigeon note. And uh, Jonathan pointed his magic wand at William. Yells "Kazala kaboom!" Suddenly, an electric force came from Jonathan's wand and almost electrocuted William. The electric current <laughs> missed William only by inches. 
William yelled, Jonathan, that was the second time you tried to electrocute me this week, which is, you know, it's objectively very funny. Yes. And then it says they, uh, <laughs> he said, you heard what the wizard said. There is no reward for second place. Uh, I also heard the wizard say this is not a competition, but that's beside the point. Yes. yes. <laughs> Jonathan and William both pointed their magic wands at each other. A powerful electric force came from the wands of both young wizards and united. The two were at an impasse. So I know what they're getting at here. You know, it's a it's a it's a wand duel where they've, mm-hmm. they've just, you know they're sort of like back and forth. It, but it's a very funny way to describe that the 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 electrical force came from the wands and united. So it's like it's pushing back and forth. Um, I don't know. Maybe I couldn't think of a better way to describe that in a sentence or two. But don't don't cross the streams or something. You yep. know, like the yeah. Ghostbusters things. We, I don't know. We did yeah. a a Harry Potter roast at the uh, comedy club in Vermont a couple of years ago, and for the final thing. They, uh, a guy did this. He he used like those LED tube lights, uh, attached them to two magic wands, and there was sort of like a a, a final climactic duel. So I'm I, that is probably the level of what they're uh, describing here in this book. Sure, sure. <laughs> a home uh, DIY garage solution that took someone about forty five minutes to heck together. But then right. this happens. Uh, suddenly, the Wizard of Princess Brandon arrived into the castle. I guess he was lagging behind. He saw what was happening and decided to help. Brandon pointed his own magic wand at the Wizard of Princess Jonathan and zapped him. Jonathan was knocked off of his feet and fell to the ground. He was confused and dazed for a few minutes. Yes. So, so uh, Jonathan is, uh, you know, a few here implies that he's sort of, you know, getting his... Thoughts back together, cartoon birds going around his head for uh, at least three minutes, right? Because, you know, it's not a couple minutes. Yeah, that's. I think the official is at least three. So they've baked that into this just as if, uh, you know, when the people in Ready Player One walked down the hall for a couple minutes. (laughs) Uh, As as has happened (laughs) countless other times in the books we've read, there's been a needlessly specific interval of time. And uh, we tend to sometimes like to explore what these would sound like if they, sure. you know, if they happened in real life. And so I, I went to our old friends on the dark web. Oh, okay. They're, yeah. they're, they're pretty busy now. They're trying to, you know, they're, they're doing all sorts of hacking over in Russia. They're trying to cut off, you know, those, those things. They're, you know, doing all that. But they did have time. Oh, good. To... I was going to say, they probably don't have time. Then. No, no, no. They, they, I mean, they, they have important stuff, but they are always willing to to reenact in real time a passage from a book that only the listeners of this podcast have read. So I, I downloaded this, and we can see what this would sound like. Jonathan being confused and dazed. Not dazed to confused. The Ellis's were very <laughs> clever about that. Uh, for a few minutes, what that might sound like. Okay. How many, you say you downloaded it. How many down, what was the download ticker on this thing? It was a, it was well, I mean, did it say like slow. I think they were using three? a lot of, a lot oh, of, up, oh, oh, the download count. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It had, it had a, it had a few. So, um, we know so that the person who uploaded it, downloaded it to make sure to make it was sure, the right yep. file. And then one other person. And then he might've refreshed it to it sort of juice the count. So it wouldn't look too <laughs> okay. sad. Yeah. Right. Okay. No, we've all been there. <laughs> uh, let's take a listen. I hate you, William. Eat zap! Hey, what are you doing here, Brandon? Uh, saving my friend. Uh, take that, Jonathan. <laughs> oh, what the... What just happened? I... Oh. I... Well, 
I can't just. I don't know. I just think I need to lay down for a minute here. I. Where? Where am I? What's I doing? I. Cause. Uh, oh. I'm seeing stars here. Where's the? Uh, I. I think I might be. Oh, I don't know if I suffered some internal damage or I think I might be, oh, I don't know, I, where, who, uh, was that, John, Brandon, is that me? I, why am I, why am I wearing this cloak? I, I am, uh, was there a talking gorilla here a few weeks ago? Is a uh, Randolfer, is he even boss, or is that the other guy? What was doing fireworks? Is that am I, is he in charge of me? Or, uh, are the girls obsessed with me, or is that with William? I, uh, oh man, I, when I leave here, am I going to be flying east or, or, or west? And, how am I going to know? Is the, is the sun for, sun rising in the west or is that the east? I think I, I think that zap might have really rung my bell here. I I probably ought to enter the concussion protocol. I, uh, my left eye has really got some spots flying around in it. I, what is my... My name is Jonathan and... Uh, I feel like there might be an evil expression coming on my face. I don't know what's the... Uh, man, are this floor marble? Uh, did I just say, are this floor marble? That's not grammatically correct. I, but I think it might be. It's very, It's a cold floor. It feels kind of good. I should I should lie down and maybe just take a nap. But no, you're not supposed to do that if you might have had a concussion. Hey, Connor, I, I'm trying to work. How long is this going to go on? Uh, <laughs> it says... A few minutes, so I think at least three. No more than three. Okay. Um, oh, where am I? I'm Jonathan. I am confused. I, where am I? You know, this is really uh, kind of embarrassing to do with you standing there. Wrap it up. Oh, I'm confused. Why did William zap me? Uh, Jonathan. Is that it? Yes. Should have married a miniwad. Wow. Well, yeah. What it would <laughs> sound like for a uh, wizard apprentice to be confused and dazed for a few minutes. Sure. That was great. And, you know, we can do anything now because no one's listening anymore. So this is, <laughs> right. this yeah. is perfect. Time for my lizard people theories. <laughs> <laughs> Who had some good ideas? Yes. There's a bunch of people I want to list off. The wizard apprentice Jonathan did. Uh, it, it, it goes on to say that uh, when he came to and stood up, he ran over. So it, it, it did apply then that he was also unconscious for a while, but maybe that just means super dazed. But Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> burying the lead here, uh, when William and Brandon fly away, what they both didn't know was that the blue dragon Voraltrar was waiting for them on top of King Arlex Hondrio's castle. He was waiting for them to come out of the castle. <laughs> Good, good. That's that's specified. He's he's not. He he does know that they entered. Well, 
I could have used another pigeon explanation here, but uh, <laughs> I'll just assume it, I no, guess. Yeah, really, this is not uh, specified how they know is there. We don't know that he was sent there. We don't know that Orin the owl with his beautiful owl eyes saw and told him to come there. He just happens to be there, you know, perching on the side of it. So I wonder, was he, you know, busting a smoke and just like <laughs> right. suddenly, oh God, you know, he's yeah. like one of those, uh, you know, cop movies where they're on the stakeout and then yeah. you know, they're, they're eating their Philly cheesesteak and then all of a sudden the, the perp comes out of the house. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, 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 but it is APB. I think that's what's happening yes. <laughs> because he, he eventually, he takes after them, lets out a large scream and then spit out a ball of fire from his nostrils. I'm not sure. Oh, if can... I didn't know that's where the balls of fire came sure, from. Sure, or that you good, can yeah. spit out of your nostril. That's an interesting way to, to <laughs> sure. describe it. But um, but he does he does take off chasing them. So that that might pro- imply that he is unprepared if he's spitting out fire from his nostrils as opposed to his his mouth. I guess you do both. He... But so the end of this though, maybe maybe you probably have the same note is like look, the reason that people weren't surprised to see. The Wizard Apprentice is coming to kill King Alexandrio's castle. Had to be explained with a three-paragraph thing about a pigeon, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, the end of the... This is literally the thing that we're waiting for is the attack of the Blue Dragon <laughs> Voraltrar, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, here's the end of it. Once in the mountainous regions, the two wizards flew down into one of the canyons. They hid in a cave so that Voraltrar wouldn't be able to find them. Voraltrar flew around looking for the two wizards, and when he couldn't find them, he gave up and flew back north. <laughs> Son of a... I was reminded of a time oh. that me and you flew up to San Francisco for Sketchfest, and the guy who picked us up uh, couldn't find where he parked his car. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So he was doing this sort of like squint looking throughout the whole garage, and we were like... We were like looking at each other being like, is this... What is going on? Is this like a Sketchfest prank show where they're punking right. us as we arrive here <laughs> but like so Voral Charge just like squinting looking in all these caves caves as listener Janelle pointed out uh quite a quite a place that's usually associated with dragons having some expertise of living in them but he's like I want nothing to do with yeah. what are those things little holes in the earth yeah it's like Mr. T getting on the uh plane in uh AT he's just like I'm not going in there <laughs> I hate caves so yeah, just a, a an amazing, an amazing you know, like you said, this is this is the big bad of the whole thing. He happens to have a chance encounter with them and is unable to even catch two wizard apprentices as they fly away from him. And uh, he's just not good with spitting the fireballs out of his nose. Yeah, like what, is he not leading them enough? Like you know, you shoot a pigeon, you have to shoot in front of the pigeon or whatever. <laughs> Speaking <Yeah>. of pigeons, <laughs> whatever you're shooting, sure. Uh, yeah, no, he does. He he spits out a huge ball of fire from his mouth later, and it missed the wizards. So um, I don't yeah. know if they just took evasive action, or um, maybe his nose balls are more accurate. Who knows? Yeah. Well, they <laughs> do get back home. Wait, wait, wait. Right? Before they get home, I just oh, want to sure, point out, sure, he, sure. he flies back to the castle of the evil sorceress Gwendevier. When he arrived at the castle, he flew on top of the castle and landed. As he landed on top of the castle, the foundation shook. And several pieces of the siding fell off the castle onto the ground. Oh, right. Okay. So they, she, she did have a have a foundation guy come out and pour a foundation, and then yes. there was there was a uh, a siding uh, crew who came and, and did that to their castle. That's just important details to know about the the construction business here in Antigua. So did she? I assume she then made the note like, ah, 
Call the foundation guy. Yep. <laughs> Call the siding dude. <laughs> oh, that's going to be expensive. My emergency fund is not where it needs to be. Oh, and I just gotten that that um, uh, fiberglass siding, which they said is you know forty year guarantee. But I don't know if it was a guarantee against uh, blue dragon covers dragons. No, that's probably I got to I got to make up a lie. I got to say it was a hailstorm. Right. <laughs> uh, but so they they get to the arena. And uh, once again, the crowd is there, and the crowd is on tenterhooks, yes. just waiting, like, what is going to happen? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Wizard Apprentice William held King Arlex Handrio's sword up in the air as they flew by. The crowd went wild. <laughs> so now I'm assuming that the crowd was watching Whiplash, the cowboy monkey yes, riding right. the sheepdog. Yep, the fifth inning and entertainment. So they're they're already primed. And then all of a sudden, right as he, like, his owner is, like, doing the sign to get back into the, the pen, mm-hmm. like, right at that moment. It's like a flyby before the, the Army-Navy game yes. or something. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> First Whiplash. Now he's riding. He's got the sword. <laughs> and the crowd went wild. So it was timed beautifully. Yeah, William is holding up the sword. Unbeknownst to him, Morgana, the kissing bandit, is sneaking up behind him. <laughs> the Philly fanatic is going to pull Jonathan, Jonathan's pants down or something. Yes. <laughs> I like this pe- picture they painted us of the of the arena. Uh, King Arthur and his wife, Queen Eleonora, sat side by side. King Arlexandrio and his wife, Queen Gwyneth, sat side by side. King Thomason and his wife, Queen Lindrianda, Sat side by side. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought we were going to get a little uh, you know side uh, note about the. There's obviously a rift in this marriage. Right, uh, they're yeah. not sitting. They're sitting isolated, uh, one chair apart, or something. Yeah, she was texting her tennis instructor or something. <laughs> <laughs> and then Jonathan, still, uh, you know, not the not the sharpest evil guy, because uh, he says, "What are you praising him for? I arrived here first. Uh, and he accuses William of cheating. So Jonathan, you know, did not come back with the sword because William had it was hiding in a cave as as Dragon Voltrar walked by. So Jonathan thinks just the fact that he came back before him then makes him the winner here. So I mean, you know, that's enough to knock him down. You know, Jonathan <laughs> doesn't even get to make like Weeblow Wizard. He's he's not even going to qualify here. Well, I guess he was going on the premise that it's not even a competition, so why should he even, you know... Like, True. Why are, why are you clapping? This True. isn't anything. <laughs> but uh, when he held the sword up, so they were already, like, at a frantic level. The Homer hankies were out. They were going bananas. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then he held the sword up. After he flew by with the sword, they started yelling, clapping, and jumping around when they saw the two wizards. <laughs> now, I don't know what kind of seating they had. Do they have those, like, plastic seats with that fold down yeah, or whatever? You don't have a lot of room. Traditional so bleachers, yeah. Jumping around is, not, is no, not easy. Especially wearing what I imagine is the queen's formal wear. It's got to probably be those large bodice dresses, you know, the, the hoop skirts type of thing. Right. I wonder if someone fell off the upper deck. You know, that occasionally <laughs> oh, happens. The Maud Flanders, yeah. <laughs> yes. Whew. Uh, and I think Jonathan t- takes off in a huff because he says, I'm the yeah. best wizard here. I'm a better wizard than William. In fact, I'm becoming a better wizard than even you, mighty Vlandorft. And Vlandorft is stunned at his disrespect, so I guess he's just noticed it for the first time. Uh, and then he says, kings and queens, young Jonathan just needs a little time to calm down. Again, you hate to bring it up, but I'm going to because it's hilarious. He really is a good wizard, but he is a little headstrung. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And then uh, King Thomason, you know, politely ignores the 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 gaff as as you do so often for me when I mispronounce stuff. But he says, 
Blizzard Vlandorf, do not fret. We understand what it is like to be young and impatient. We all have teenage daughters. The other two kings and the rest of the crowd laughed out loud. So on the uh, on the eve of, of the invasion, the, the dad jokes are coming strong and sort of providing some needed levity. I wondered if, if he just sort of went like, oh, no, I, don't laugh. Oh, God. I mean, <laughs> like, it's so embarrassing. Yes, I'm the king, but I wasn't even trying to be funny there. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. No, no. My teenage daughter is a huge pain in the ass. God. <laughs> no, oh, really. oh, this doesn't make me feel better at all. Your yeah. fake laughter. Oh. Yeah. I, 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 I took a, a shotgun to the door to greet her prom date. Like, it wasn't a joke. I was, I'm deeply disturbed. <laughs> yes. She has been in and out of rehab. This is not funny. <laughs> and you know, surprising no one, uh, John, Jonathan is on his way to the north to uh, you know, give, his, give himself over to the service of the evil sorceress, Gwen Devier. Yes. And uh, he does that by hopping on a unicorn's back <laughs> and decides to fly to the talent. I mean, to, to, try to fly right to the sorceress's castle and offer his talents. But uh, the unicorn is unwilling to get too close to the castle because they knew that the dragon would eat it. So it would go no further and Jonathan had to walk the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. The unicorn ran and jumped up into the air. He returned to his own land. So that's the first real like big unicorn moment we have there. And it's just an insanely, he uses it like a city bus. Yes. He's like, uh, sadly, you know, he's like kicking stones, pulling his hoodie up tight and like, you know, putting the drawstring so that it almost it covers his whole face. <laughs> and then without thinking, just climbs on the back of a unicorn. Yeah. <laughs> like, fly me wherever. I don't even care. Yeah. Shut up. God. Yeah. This is way more magical than I'm letting on. This is great. <laughs> Lisa Frank was right. <laughs> Uh, but as he as he approaches up, you know, sullen and sulking, uh, Gwendevier sees him coming. I think through the crystal ball, uh, powered by the magical Al Oren's beautiful eyes. And yes, thinks, I believe so. Mm-hmm. She thinks, uh, "What is he thinking? He must be the stupidest wizard in the entire land of Antigua." Not wrong, I would say, based on his understanding of basic competition strategy. Yes, yes, and uh, I have to say, so far I've kind of enjoyed the the cat humor. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is like three paragraphs too many. Wearing me. a little thin, yeah. Uh, the sarcastic cat, uh, you know, and the the queen side eyeing the cat gets very old. So I don't, I don't really have a lot for it. Well, the only my only takeaway was that uh, you know she threatens to zap him, and he makes a sarcastic remark about how a cat has nine lives. Then, the, then the sorceress, the cat didn't see this coming, says, "Yeah, and I could take all nine of those lives away from you in the blink of an eye." And it says that the cat trembles and says the cat knew the sorceress was capable of taking all nine of her lives away. So the nine lives are are not just an expression here in Antigua. They are, uh, you know, a, a canonical thing that, that cats know they have. Yes, right. Uh, along with uh, king-size beds, these are things that belong in the, uh, in the kingdom. Yes, exactly. Actual nine lives of cats. <laughs> and he says, oh, 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 there's no need for that, queen. I was just giving you a little cat trivia. So uh, that was just a, an expression that I appreciated appearing in the final uh, quarter of this fantasy novel. Uh, yes. Then she summons for the head goblin Gozarf. I was stunned that we get more Gozarf, and it's not the last appearance of Gozarf. She she brings him in. She berates him. She says, you know, show this uh, wizard into my quarters because I might be able to use him to to defeat these three kings and, and their, their armies of good. Yes. Uh, before that, though, we get the. <laughs> this is very uh, Ellis again. Uh, Jonathan walking into the um, into the castle. Oh yeah, the, this place is so dark. Don't these creatures believe in lit torches? 
A little further into the castle, there were lit torches floating <laughs> up in the air. In fact, throughout the rest of the castle, hundreds of lit torches flew everywhere. Jonathan said sarcastically, that's better. We finally have some light. I thought I was going to have to walk in darkness forever. <laughs> what? Why did you just waste the paragraphs on this? It's incredible. For for one minute, there wasn't a torch. And he's like, what the hell is going on with this place? And I'm like, oh, there's a ton of them. Phew. <laughs> Um, I, I wish he had just made a comparison. Like, don't they believe in lit torches? What, what is this? The forest of the island of Blackwoodsbury? I don't see a single lit torch. Oh, there they are. Never mind. <laughs> um, I have a, a, a sonic challenge for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've already in the mind of the Wizard Apprentice Jonathan, I assume. Yeah, of course, his, yeah. And his day. dislike of dark corridors. And I'm just picturing how, Anakin Skywalker with the high ground, the scowling. <laughs> hate sand. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay, the Wizard Apprentice, Jonathan, uh, oh, wait, wait, this is, I, I, I got ahead of myself. Okay. No, no, wait, I got it. It is in the right place. Sorry, sorry. Ignore all that. Just no. hit fast forward. <laughs> They're not listening jo- anymore. They stopped. Jo- that's right. They stopped long ago. Jonathan backed up into a corner and yelled, get, get, get away from me, you stupid, ugly cat. Those all have exclamation points. Okay. But they're h- hard stops on the two gets. Okay. Well, I'm going to interpret this a little differently just based on based on how I would do that. Yeah. It's, you're the actor. It's your instrument. So yeah. do whatever you want with it. Get! Get! Get away from me, you stupid, ugly cat! Gits. There, I, th- I, I yes. thought they were gits. Yeah. yeah. I was picturing you as a sidekick in a Western. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> uh, that was good. Yeah. yeah. And then the, the the cat, after that response, says, Who is he calling stupid and ugly? Has he looked in a mirror and seen his own face lately? Oh, sarcastic cat. <laughs> and that brings us to a uh, a line that, I mean, I assume some people who listen to this are familiar with our works at Rift Tracks, and many people are probably confused and annoyed by the references we make. The Wizard Apprentice Jonathan said to himself sarcastically, A talking cat is all I need right about now. And it ends in an exclamation mark. It could use another one and then a question mark, I think. But Yes, the, indeed. The, the reference to a talking cat, uh, voiced by Eric Roberts, uh, delighted me to no end. <gasps> Eric Roberts could be Larry Ellis in the biopic. That's true. He, the slurring would be right on, uh, yeah. on point. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I don't know. Can we divert uh, $65 from the Patreon next month to see if he's available? Yes. Is he on Cameo? <laughs> uh, uh, so, Gore's... Gozarf. Gozarf. Sorry. Yeah, the head goblin. The head goblin brings Jonathan to the kitchen <laughs> to eat. Okay, what do you think they eat in this kitchen? Oh, I mean, it's, it, you know, this is Gozarf. Yeah, that's yes. goblins like it. Uh, fish, slime. Fish skeletons. Yeah, yeah. Well, fruit bread and jam <laughs> and cow's milk to drink. <laughs> They, they they keep it uh, nicely stocked in, in the off chance that any of her relatives make one of their seldom visits. Gorzarf! Yes, my lord. Make him some chamomile tea with a little <laughs> bit of half and half. And some and xylitol, because we don't like sugar around here. We're watching ourselves. I know all this. I've got a bit of a diet myself. Thank you, Queen. It's, it's great Wait. to have a, a nicely stocked kitchen. I consider it a, a big perk of the job. You know, you, I, I know money's tight, so it's hard to give us raises, but these perks, they, 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 they do add up. My filthy queen, where is our tea cozy? 
It is over there on the sideboard, you fool. I zap you now. Ah, my third scrotum. Ah. <laughs> yes. Is that, is that from the, uh, since the goblins are half bats, is that something that, that came along with them from that? Or? No, that could be. Okay. I don't know. I'll look Just in the, uh, yes, the, the, uh, the Bible of Antigua. We have to write that. Yeah. Well, the cow's milk, too, is just a, another, another delightful thing. If, if at the end they all sat down at a feast and they toast each other with goat milk for the first time, <laughs> I mean, there's the, the book has, has, has no end of delights, but that might, you know, I, I might call my library and insist they start carrying it or teaching it in schools or something if that happened. And as they raise the goat milk, the crowd jumps up and down in excitement. Like, <laughs> goat la- milk! Belting out laughter. <laughs> yes. Um, oh, well, they they have the uh, ex- more exchanges with the cat. Uh, we, we learned that, that Wendevier is always holding on to a pet cobra. Um, I think I, I went back and looked at that. It was mentioned that she had a pet cobra. Did not mention that she always is holding on to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's important to know. And uh, it says that he didn't really trust the sorceress or her kindness. After all, this was the same woman who was threatening to go to battle against all the inhabitants of the land of Antigua. So, I mean, you know, I, I guess maybe he does have just a, a spark of intellect left there if he's drawing that connection out. Right, right. He's like the, uh, uh, we reference him a lot, the late great Norm MacDonald. Yeah, I've been reading a lot about this Hitler guy lately, you know. <laughs> the more I read about him, the less I like him. <laughs> Yeah. So that's that's what's happening to uh, to Jonathan here. Like, wait a minute, yeah. this character she was going to destroy my whole kingdom. I am not completely on board yet. <laughs> and the way he realizes it is because she says, "Do you realize I am about to go to battle against the inhabitants of your very own land, and I plan to destroy them all?" <laughs> <laughs> Just hearing the words right out of the sorceress's own mouth made the realization that his friends and countrymen were going to die that more real to him. So. You know, just, uh, you know, very slowly coming around to these realizations. And she says this before she does anything. She says she um, can't wait to trick him. Mm-hmm. And it says, uh, tricking the young wizard was amusing her. She found the whole thing very entertaining. <laughs> this is like before it happened. So. Right. <laughs> I mean, I hope it goes well. I assume it will go well. Yeah. Because I am enjoying the hell out of even thinking about it. I'm getting ahead of myself with this amusement. All of yes. it, but it is so amusing. He could be smart. No, this guy's a Brandon. What am I saying? <laughs> uh, he he does beg her not to hurt them. He realizes he's made a huge mistake. And this is very, um, I, I feel, standard. You know, isn't this, you know, Edmund in The Lion, the Witch, in the Wardrobe? That sort of archetype of he this betrays. Is 100% that, yes. It immediately goes off the rails. He he says, I, I want to take it back. It's too late for that. <laughs> yes. uh, but he says, don't hurt them. Uh, she starts laughing at him. The cat starts laughing at him. Uh, the cat rolls around on the floor laughing at him. And then we yes. get this. The sorceress got up from her throne and walked slowly over to Jonathan. She bent down and slapped Jonathan across the face. <laughs> she grabbed his shirt tightly, so it's like a by-the-collar type of thing. The evil sorceress, Gwendevier, yelled out, Young wizard, not only am I going to hurt them, I'm going to destroy them. And yes, coming here was a big mistake. She slapped Jonathan again and then wow. pushed him down to the cold floor. So we've got to count the, the child slapping here because it's, I mean, that's, I feel like that's at least the seventh time something like that has happened. I really did love the, uh, like, grabbing his lapels kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it reminded me, there's a, there was an old comic bit where someone just assembled all, in the old detective stories, 
they used to say he helped himself to a handful each of his lapels you know like <laughs> helped she helped herself to his yeah it's, and slapping him upside loud look at you huh you mug yeah it is, a, it is a it is a very uh interrogation thing being like you know i don't know nothing you know psst, okay i know a little bit i seen him i seen him <laughs> like <laughs> you'll get nothing out of me witch oh yeah you think you're a tough guy hey eh? my cat is pretty sarcastic <laughs> Uh, so he tells him to, uh, you know, I'm going to destroy your friends. And he's, I think he probably had a good 20, 30 minutes of eating jam and cow's milk before uh, the the evil sorceress tells Gozarf to go lock him in the dungeon. Yeah. Um, presumably next to the nasty fox. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, nasty fox. Uh, we, we get this, uh, he gets locked in the dungeon and uh, Sorceress Guinevere sat back down on her throne. The sorceress smiled wickedly, for she was well pleased with the events of the day. Everything was going just as she wanted to. The sorceress felt within her evil spirit that the land of Antigua was soon to be hers. <laughs> she was especially looking forward to destroying the princesses and the child from the other side of the waters of Antigua. <laughs> so, you know, she, she had a pretty nice little day planned. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I got to go to the mall. I got to get some stuff. Uh, but yeah, you know, I'm looking forward to it. She's prioritized her list like a kid with making their Christmas list or something. Yes. And this is what I, this is what I want to do most is destroy the princesses and the child from the other side of the waters of Antigua. Who, by the way, uh, could conceivably be called the main character here? Hasn't been mentioned this entire episode. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, then we so we then we cut back right. Yep. To, to the uh, arena, I guess, where they have completely abandoned the lifting a heavy object challenge. Oh, we yeah, that's right. We don't get a description of it. Uh, we don't even know what it was going to be. Was it going to be a, a boulder or a, uh, an anvil that one of the royal welders used? I don't know. Maybe they had to like make a rock so big that they couldn't lift it. Huh? <laughs> yeah, that was just a they, they they couldn't decide. Larry and Denise argued about it for a long time. They just decided to cut it out. But I guess once uh, once um, once uh, Jonathan left, maybe there was just no no way to uh, for anyone else to win the contest aside beside William. So it was it was decreed his 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 victory. I, I think maybe one of them uh, wisely said. There's, there's there's no way you can follow that sarcastic cat thing. Like just just give it up. Like, yeah, but we haven't gotten to the fourth challenge. It does it doesn't matter. People forgot the cat's so good. <laughs> the heavy object is just going to be a really big pigeon. Right. <laughs> Maybe it's like they put a, a like a twelve pound. Who cares? Who cares? Uh, and they they do say that uh, I think that the queen the evil sorceress said in three days we're going to battle and now the king says it's time we go to battle now immediately we have no more time to waste which I resent the <laughs> I resent that entire sentence but uh, they princesses and the knights uh, all raise their swords up and say to the land of Antigua to the land of fairies wizards and heroes as if they're dedicating a book or something and that then, took me a little by I, I had to reread that like. Wait, are you saying, I thought it was like charge, like onward to the land of Antigua. Right, exactly. But that's <laughs> like, where they are. Wait, you are there. Yeah, you're but fighting But it took forward. me a second to go, wait, so this is like, uh, here's looking at you, kid? Like, <laughs> this is a toast? <laughs> yeah, to exactly. Land? Yeah. <laughs> okay. But yeah, everyone else, uh, entire crowd of people, centaurs, miniwads, fairies, gnomes, and pixies cheered and yelled out, 
to the land of Antigua. Okay. And then the lion Thorn, who was standing at the side of King Thomason, roared sure. so loudly that all the inhabitants of the land of Antigua heard him. So it's like Krakatoa exploding. They hear it hundreds of miles away in the in the other parts of Antigua, presumably the north. And mm-hmm. That's got to be, I mean, rupture some eardrums in the immediate vicinity. Some some mini wads are deaf now because if that lion roared that loudly, everyone around him is just, uh, you know, suffering greatly. I would imagine. Uh, well, what you don't know is that mini wads have a special. They have a. a an adaptation mm-hmm. where their ears actually plug themselves uh, above sixty-seven decibels. I uh, got it. Yeah, that's a yeah, it's an evolutionary uh, maneuver on par with the third scrotum of the gozar, if I guess. Right. The rest yeah. of them have to shove a pigeon in each ear. Wow. You know, this is all ready for it. Subtext, I guess. I just uh, I got to read deeper next time. Yes, and also the lion roaring. That is straight from the Lion, the Witch, and the Oh, Warrior right. Yeah. That's, that's Aslan's <laughs> signature move. So amazing. Uh, so they all they head forth and they set up a camp. You might have something before this, but I just want to give you some pure, undistilled Ellis once again. Thank you. The knights set fires all around the campsite to keep warm. Uh, that was two words, I believe, campsites. Okay. Warm, but yeah, that's not quick. Sure. That's, that's it was cold <laughs> in the northernmost province, and they were trying to keep everyone warm. The knights made tea, and everyone drank a cup to keep warm. <laughs> that is three straight sentences ending. <laughs> identically <laughs> that is where i said it just the 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 layers of insanity we can't lose sight of of minor stuff like that where they yes. they just you know sort of choose your choose your own adventure here with just which way you're going to describe that it was cold and they decided to keep warm also again that beautiful thing the knights are making little things of tea to keep warm <laughs> you know like ah let's have some grog here i've brewed some up like what are you doing yeah. i'm having a cup of tea we were I'm just, just joking the about this stuff. five yeah five minutes ago that this is something we were implying on the story yes <laughs> um and th- so what they're doing now is they have to go to the Oh, I'm not even going to say it right. The land of the head centaur of the unicorns. I, think that's correct. <laughs> I believe that's right. Yeah. And they need to do that so they can retrieve the special arrows that the prophecy foretold the three princesses and the woman from across the waters, Wales, London, who knows, will mm-hmm. all fire at the blue dragon Voraltrar at the same time to to destroy it. Yes. And so they, they sort of, they I think they have a little message for the haters here they they get ahead of the sort of like tolkienian like well why didn't the eagles just drop it off into the volcano because uh, william says my lord why can't we just fly on magic wands to retrieve the special arrows brand mm-hmm. and i could have us all there in no time and i imagine the king is like no time we just sat in the goddamn stadium for five hours watching the <laughs> uh, but he said the king arthur actually says no it would be too easy for the evil sorcerer squindevier to find you so they, I mean, they, that's how they hand wave that away. I don't even think Tolkien bothered to do that. I think he, you know, the fans realized that was a plot hole later. So the uh, Ellis's, uh, you know, Italian their column. You know, Ellis is one, Tolkien zero. Well, except for. Okay. <laughs> big asterisk here. Uh, uh, the spoiler. The queen immediately sees them <laughs> going <laughs> to right. retrieve. Yeah. And so they, it's it's all a waste that they go there on foot. Right. And the, now keep this in mind. So they send the this is the first of many um teens. The king oh, calls them teens. Yes, this is a, an amazing development here. 
So that's just, good. Start calling him. Yeah, just teens is becomes a word that I don't think featured in here before, but is now a how the uh, the the Lord of the Realm addresses all these people. But we'll have a lot of this. But this is, um, you know, again, I don't play war games or anything, but they head out into a camp. They set up camp. Thousands, I'm assuming, everyone from the fair. So you've got, you know, just mini wads and centaurs. Yeah, it's, and a, it's a little city here. Yeah, you've got, you know, it's a huge camp, I assume, in a plain somewhere with lots of trees in the plain, whatever. And then, <laughs> uh, uh, and then they say, oh, by the way, now might be a good time to go get the four arrows that we 100% need because the prophecy, blah, blah, blah. It's the only way, yeah. So, I mean, is the king going, I should have done that like three weeks ago, but uh, <laughs> right, yeah. uh, <laughs> fireworks show kind of distracted us. Oh, so how am I going to put a nice face on this thing? Oh, I'll get the teens to do it, and then I'll <laughs> claim that was part of the prophecy. The prophecy's bendable, right? I can look in my black hat and say whatever the hell the prophecy is. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, uh, pigeon just delivered a new page of the prophecy. Oh, how about that? Huh? <laughs> yes. In a language only I can read. It's on a golden tablet. So the entire. Four kingdoms set up camp, and then they just send these teens off, and they go like, "Good luck. Mm-hmm. We'll be hanging out here." Yeah, you can't fly because we know the woman could see you, even though she didn't see the other wizard until he was literally on her doorstep. But uh, yeah, you you teens uh, must accomplish this on your own to fulfill the prophecy. And then uh, I assume it's like three weeks into their journey. And they're all sitting around like, ah, we've gone through our food sources. Uh, we've mm. hunted all these stags in the immediate area. <laughs> the crowd is getting restless. Uh, what King, how's it going? Like, uh, the teens are beyond my sight now. <laughs> we have only a fool's chance that they'll make it. <laughs> like, they have no idea that they're going to come back, right? They tell them, like, this is... This is a nightmare. You're, yeah. like, hopefully you'll make it. That, I mean, it's fraught with peril. They warned them of the uh, severe danger of the bangies. The bangies. <laughs> yeah, bangies. I refuse to call them bangies, which oh, I assume is what they want you to do. Sure, got it. But it is spelled bangies. <laughs> Looks those a lot are, like uh, the Bee Gees, yes. Yes, right. Yeah, and they annoy and distract them maybe by singing uh, high falsetto notes. Uh, <laughs> Nobody wants... Too much bangies no more. <laughs> so yeah, they 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 are uh, the seemingly the teens' biggest uh, obstacle here, other than the fact that they can't ride horses because the queen of the centaurs does not allow horses to mingle with her unicorns, which is a weird, interesting thing that gets mentioned more than once. And I, I just yeah, my yeah, mind that's a... <laughs> immediately goes to sex thing. Just in like the the centaurs get riled up, you know the half horse part. Maybe the human mm-hmm. part. Maybe that's the problem. Yeah, <laughs> maybe the humans are super into it. Oh, uh, but so while they're sending these teens off, we get this like, um, uh, you know, the knights. I think go like, oh, so I assume we're going to go with them. The whatever we have the seven, then we have the mm-hmm. fifty and the eighty, whatever. <laughs> yep. And then the king says, no, these six young people must travel alone. The prophecy dictates it. Does it? Right. Like, did yeah. we, uh, the prophecy, we, it gets mentioned and then always there's some new detail. Can yeah. we just read that out for everyone? Yeah. It's like a what terms is the, and is the prophecy a book? Is it, uh, yeah. Is it, yeah, is well, it an end user license agreement that we have to scroll through? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't recall who delivered the prophecy in the first team, but it, he he's probably grim a worm tongue again into his ear. Oh, the prophecy also uh, prophecy also says we get a uh, honey baked ham for every holiday, sir. And the prophecy says um, you can have a you know a stripper visit. Uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. Who does it? Oh, oh, oh well, 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 well. Wouldn't, well, certainly wouldn't want to disappoint. <laughs> But he says the prophecy dictates it. We must obey the prophecy. You shall stay here, Timothy. <laughs> Timothy bowed his head and said, yes, my lord. And uh, just part of me really thinks that's probably what Timothy wanted. Yeah. Timothy was doing the, hey, I uh, uh, don't try to hold me back. I, I must go escort these people. That's what I have to do. No, Timothy, you stay here. Oh, thank God. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, yeah, I'd, I don't even have a special stick. I was going to be dead meat as soon as one of those bangies tried to annoy me. Uh, I assume I, I come back at the end of the prophecy as some sort of a hero. Uh, hang on, let me hit Command Y on that. Nope, not yep, no. Timothy gets zero yeah, returns. Fourteen mentions of strippers and zero of <laughs> Timothy. So unless you are a stripper, that probably is not going to be something we see later, Timothy. Oh. <laughs> um. So the the teens are headed out, those meddling teens. And let's let's just not ignore the fact that the only other book the Ellison wrote was called The Teen Archaeologist. So this is a weird fixation here, I feel yes. like. I feel like they probably just were like, how do you get teenagers to read your book, That Lucrative Market? I guess just constantly refer to teenagers in your book. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, but on the way there, so they're on this, this mission to fulfill a prophecy and all of that. And, you know, back back home, her brother's being savagely beaten by the head of the orphanage <laughs> yep, or whatever. right. What was his name? Brian? Was it... Uh, I don't know, Timmy. I it don't know. Yeah. Charlie E. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Rebecca asked curiously, what is the dragon Voltrar like? <laughs> uh, you know, what are they going to say? Like, you know, I don't know. He's hard to get to know. But once you do, you realize he's just guarded because he had a tough childhood. But, right. uh, you know, like... But he's, he's decent. I mean, all over... All things said, he's decent, but you do have to get to know him. He is pretty. Uh, yeah. Like he's a dragon. He's right. fire from his nostrils. <laughs> Doesn't it, not like? a fan of caves, surprisingly. Yes. Yeah. That's, so they, they, she did wait till they were on that final mission to sort of address their, you know, their ultimate foe. But then uh, Wizard of Princess William describes him. He says, Voraltrar is huge. He is the biggest dragon I've ever seen. He is blue, has long, sharp claws, and has long horns coming straight out of his back. Alexandra said... Bangies? I hate bangies. They are so annoying. But, but, Wait, what? Foc- focus here, Alexandra. <laughs> this is, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the one, the one thing we're trying to do here, and you're, you're distracted by these things that uh, they eventually do encounter, and they're twenty-inch high pests that uh, you know sort of prick you with tiny swords. Didn't now uh, help me out here, Shadow Moon. Didn't we have the same discussion because there were little creatures that stabbed you with two-inch blades? Brownies, wasn't it? Brownies, right? Yeah. And we're like, that's that's dangerous. <laughs> right, yeah. Two-inch blades? Like sure. razors? <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah, you're it's... you're blind immediately, obviously, but also you're you're bleeding out. Like that is nasty. Yeah. Can you imagine stabbing a two-inch like thorn into your foot would be like I'm yeah, done for the day. Do it, yeah. That might require surgery. But they, they, they do hand wave it. They say the swords can't kill you, but they can annoy the heck out of you. <laughs> <laughs> it is annoying when I get stabbed with a two-inch razor. Yeah, a, a wound that requires stitches is really annoying. <laughs> yes. Also annoying, this is a an amazing uh, decision that Gwendevier makes. She is uh, 
the sees the teenagers are nearing her kingdom and we're headed to the head center of the unicorns. She yeah, decided so, to make... So forget the whole thing about flying on your wands is impossible because right. the queen will see you. So forget that. that she was is aware. A, she just has yes. an intuition or something. Yes. She decided to make their way difficult. As the teens traveled through the central plains, suddenly Rebecca saw something coming straight toward them from the sky. She asked, William, what is that? What is that coming towards us from the sky? William said, I don't know, but whatever it is, I don't like it. Let's go. The teens rode their horses as fast as they could towards the mountainous regions of the north. North. Suddenly, a swarm of locusts flew over and then all around them. So Guinevere has sent a swarm of locusts to take them out. Uh, I believe and I hope that's going to be the only mention of locusts in the entire book. But uh, just getting uh, you know biblical plagues as one of the uh, strategies is, is quite a uh, is, is quite a strategy. Yeah, I didn't count them, but I assume there's not ten, right? Darkness oh, no. f- doesn't fill the land or right. anything like that. Okay. I think darkness had filled the sky at some point in time, but uh, well, yeah, there that- are thunder clouds. Yes, thunder and lightning. And then, uh, so that 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 fortunately is a uh, is dealt with by William saying, "Don't stop, keep going." Suddenly, the locust just disappeared as quickly as it had appeared. So, <laughs> I mean, I guess locusts are sort of like bangies. They're annoying, but they aren't really going to hurt you. Right. They devour your crops, right? Yeah. Yes, they eat up everything in sight. Um, this will be my last pure undistilled Ellis. Okay. But but this is a pretty good one. So after the locust, next, the sorceress sent several flying ghosts with swords <laughs> to attack the teenagers from the air. Okay. The attacking ghosts were rebel warriors that had once fought against the three kingdoms belonging to King Arthur, King Thomason, and King Ardalexandrio. The rebel warriors had refused to bow down to any king when they were alive. <laughs> the fighting rebels with swords that the evil sorceress Gwendevier had sent after the teenagers were all dead. <laughs> they were ghosts. <laughs> Even for the Ellis, <laughs> yeah, that really. is a bit much. That That's, is a bit rich. That is just uh, make your paragraph circular. End it. Uh, you know, it could start and end at any point of that paragraph, and it would be just as make make as much sense. And obviously the uh, exclamation points for most of the sentences were implied, but uh, they were absent on a few, but then at the end, they were ghosts, of course, (laughs) an exclamation point. Yeah, so we had witch ghosts to start with and then uh, ghosts of rebels to to end with. So who's to say if the rebels were on board with her as they were rebelling or if they just, you know, once they were ghosts, they then naturally went to... Um, the evil side of the town type of thing, if that's like the hell in this realm. I guess, yeah. Where She sent them, so... Right, they, they do obey her. at her command, yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, but... And nothing that the princesses and Rebecca did seem to stop the ghost fighters. They just kept coming after the teens and attacking them. They pulled out their special sticks, uh, their special bows, whatever. Oh, wait, wait, excuse me. Sorry. Special sword, special stick... Alexandra and Rebecca pulled out their bows and arrows. Oh, right. So You're not special bows and arrows. Off the shelf at Walmart, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but nothing's working, and so I was I was I thought this was it. I thought this yeah, is where the journey was going to end, yeah. Mm-hmm. Enough of this. Let's do this, Brandon. The Wizard Apprentice Brandon yelled, "I'm ready, William." The two Wizard Apprentices 
pointed their magic wands at the ghosts that were flying all around them. Suddenly, electrical current shot forth out of both the wands and zapped each and every one of the ghost fighters. The ghost fighters all let out loud screams and then disappeared just as quickly as they can had it appeared. And will you just lead with that? Every make it time? plan A. It's it's so Stop. so effective. Uh, Oh, wow. Uh, Sasha just got killed. Holy cow. I can see inside her skull. Uh, <laughs> this is not working. Oh, let's use our, uh, Magic let's wand. Use our zap. Bring her back that to life. Good call. That yeah. worked. Yeah, we should have done that. Yep. Mm. Yeah. This would Damn. be a uh, like a day one patch if it was a video game, being like, the wands are too powerful. We've got we've to nerf yeah, them, make them, <laughs> you know, otherwise there's no one's going to use all the other weapons we came up with. Uh, and then weird timing for this. The wizard apprentice William said, come on, guys, let's get going. Princess Sasha asked sarcastically, William, what did you just call us? Did you call us guys? William, in case you haven't noticed, we're girls. William said, very funny, Sasha. Let's get going, guys. The teens all laugh. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, it's like the king making his teenager jokes. Like, no, no, that wasn't meant to be funny. I'm yeah, sorry. I'm seriously. Really yeah. Yes. That's and that that stood out like a uh, I mean that seemed like a very like you know twenty twenty two kind of thing to be in this two thousand and seven book. Yeah, but that was after a you know a, a ghost attack. So. <laughs> right. Uh, more creatures come to attack them, and as you teased earlier, <laughs> yeah, snow uh, creatures. Snow creatures come. They I think the other ones were the Blackwoods Berry Beasts. Yes. That were the strength of twi- two bears. <laughs> yes. And here are several snow creatures jumped out from behind some snow covered boulders. And screamed at the teenagers. They looked like giant white bears with claws as sharp as sharp razors. As razors. <laughs> they had red eyes and their faces were deformed. So that's interesting. I'm not sure what to take away from there. But giant white bears? Is there another way to describe them? Is there a specific species of bears that are typically white? That are- Nothing's coming to mind okay. here. Just checking. Lost? Do you have anything? Uh, no? Okay. Uh, <laughs> and um, they were extremely strong, but uh, it does not quantify it using any given units of strength. Any, no barometric? Uh, no, it's uh, very unfortunate. Well, also, they screamed at the teenagers. Uh, <laughs> what kind? Uh, uh, there's a lot of screams out there, Ellis's. Um, mm-hmm. Was it piercing at all? Oh, wow. Good question. Hmm. All right. But, you know, maybe the uh, the deformed faces like they, they could have a, a speech impediment because of that. So they did. They opted not to not to humiliate them and, and focus on that. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that was nice. That was Larry. Larry's call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this one. I'm done with you. Ellis is uh, it looked like a small jungle. You could hear crickets and beetles chirping throughout the entire forest. There was beautiful green grass, tall trees, and vines growing everywhere. <sighs> I'm just, I'm done, Alice. I mean, it's funny, but... <laughs> Looked like a small jungle. When you think jungle, crickets and beetles chirping. <laughs> and beautiful green grass. That's what I think of jungles. Yes. Vines everywhere. So like, you know, they're just, uh, you know, underfoot. Are they mostly hanging from the trees like Tarzan song on? So that's, that's good, though. That's uh, you. You highlighted that. And then later on, you hear this sentence. Uh, the forest was unusually quiet. And so what do you what do you think you probably don't hear? You They didn't hear any monkeys, crickets or beetles. So that's uh, that's when you walk into a forest. Those are the three. Those are the three standouts you usually expect to be. The beetles. Beetles like click. Is that what they do? Like that's the main noise you associate with beetle. Maybe a whir as they fly. 
uh, I, I, the the buzz of a beetle, the drone drum drone. I mean, of a beetle, mm-hmm. but I've True. never heard of the uh, chirping of a beetle. I like this description. They could finally see the castle of the head center of the unicorns in the distance. It was beautiful. It looked like a castle in a children's fairy tale. <laughs> so, yeah, they've reached the stage where it's like, why even try harder than this? Like, we have, we have spent so many words unnecessarily in this book that, you know, just like, you know the Disney logo? Like that. Yes. Uh, but they, so they, the Bangies mm-hmm. do attack them. Yeah. Uh, they are as advertised. It would have been just... great if they hadn't. We yeah, can all they, acknowledge that. Yes, they just uh, annoy them as promised. They are nothing. Uh, nothing new comes out of it. No challenge, uh, and so they move through this tiny forest that sits in front of the most beautiful castle in the kingdom of Antigua, the land of <laughs> etc. Yeah. Uh, and then this sentence: They stopped at the edge of the forest and threw their tiny swords at the teens. The tiny swords went nowhere. <laughs> After their tiny swords went nowhere, the banshees stood at the edge of the forest and started screaming at the teens. <laughs> what in the world is going on? Well, they're not allowed to enter the province of the unicorns, and the bangies respect that. Their swords went nowhere? After their tiny swords went nowhere? <laughs> is that a, a, that's a sentence great... that humans use? Back-to-back sentence, yes. I mean, I, I guess a force field is implied at some point of thing. Like a... <sighs> I, I don't know that. I mean, that went nowhere is kind of implies just like, well, that went nowhere. Like their swords went nowhere after yeah. that went nowhere. <laughs> I don't. Is it? It's like punching in a dream where you sort of throw it, but it's unable to. You know, it's like a. It's like underwater. It doesn't move like that. I, I guess I don't know. But then they stood at the edge of the forest and started screaming at the team. <laughs> yeah, I imagine so, fish shaking is involved like that. Yes. It says but, they were furious they couldn't leave their forest, enter the province of the unicorns, and destroy the teens. <laughs> and it was a small forest, and they actually say there's no way we can go around it. Like, isn't there? I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. it, does, it does seem like it took you about three minutes to go through this forest. Seems like there's got to be a way around it. Yeah, I mean, they probably saw the beginning of the forest, just like the one on the island, and now they're uh, they yes. could probably. I could see the end of the forest from here. Yeah, it's like a small cornfield, right? You know, like you can <laughs> let's just walk around yeah, it. Yeah, the poppy field and Wizard of Oz that they yeah. can run through it. But yeah, I don't want to get just, stabbed in the foot with two inch razors. There was one other sentence, just so people don't think we're over accentuating the weird teen things. There was this. This was three sentences. The teens ran as fast as they could and climbed through the mountains to get away from the snow creatures. The sorceress's giant creatures came right after the teens. They lived in the snowy mountains, so it wasn't easy for the teens to escape from them. <laughs> it's just, it's so weird. It's so it's weird. So weird. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, there you have it. I, I, don't, I don't know if it's going to persist because uh, the, the teens do fulfill their, their purpose by the end of this section. I'll, I'll get ahead of that. Uh, but, but before we move on, we have to do some fanfic because I think we're nearing the end of this. Yes. Let's let's do that. Let's abandon the bangies. They're shaking their fists. They're furious at the teens. But uh, it's time for our final Antigua real or fanfic. B- All right. Bangies be damned. Let's do it. And now I bet they bitching because my flow switching. Trying to tell me what to write. I bought some fanfiction. Can't they just be happy? I no longer have to face eviction that I'm living on my life. Okay, and you promised something extra special fun for this one? Something special. Yeah, fun. We'll see about that. But uh, <laughs> we have done a lot of fanfic for this. This has been the most fanfic episode, obviously. We did two bonus ones on Patreon, and you knocked them out of the park. But then... 
we were curious about how this was going to end. Someone even wrote in saying, like, I don't want this to be spoiled, uh, the final reel or fanfic, and I'm wary of that, too. Someone sent in the last paragraph of the book. Oh. So I was reading this trying to think if this was going to fool you, and I, uh, I I had the ending of the book ruined for me. Um, so I'm, I'm furious. I'm like a bangy shaking my fist at the end of the realm of the land of the unicorns. Uh, don't do that. <laughs> I mean, you know, we've got sort of a uh, uh, social compact here that we're not going to just send in gigantic spoilers. Yeah. And, uh, someone, someone chose to violate it. So in yes. protest of that, yes. I'm doing a lightning round here. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm going to read you one sentence from <laughs> oh, each of these real or fanfics. <laughs> okay. And you're going to have to tell if it was real or not. People, people send in good ones. Our Patreon supporters, our beloved Patreon jackals did this, but... You're getting one sentence, and you have to decide oh, whether it's real or fanfic from here. Oh, that went nowhere. Uh, <laughs> okay. I'm ready. All right. Uh, so once, yeah, again, patreon.com slash 372 pages. You can hear those bonus or fanfics. They're very exciting. You can uh, hear Mike's classical MIDI from last week. Yes. The, the classical minis are, are a beloved sub-podcast here. <laughs> sure, if uh, you say so. <laughs> And uh, you can get every episode early, and you can help support a, a, a podcast uh, that has just brought you so many hours of, of joy and mini wads and teens. So, so many teens. <laughs> but anyway, here is uh, sentence one. The Black Panther's neck was snapped, but Gordle Gorilla was covered in blood. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Fanfic. It is fanfic. That was written okay. by Harris. <laughs> okay. Uh, number two. Lady Alamage and her friends were all playing foot polo. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say real only because it would be too insane to invent another character. So real. It's real. That oh is my real. God. I believe it was submitted by Elizabeth. I forgot to note that. Uh, Alamage has an accent over the second A. And, uh, okay. Foot the polo. second A. I guess foot polo was not the big spoiler. I, uh, if that was the last sentence of the book. That would be that would have I would have ruined it, but uh, we'll right, find out what right. that means. Yep, football. <laughs> uh, number three, the green dragon Marltrar gasped out a smoky breath and died. <laughs> fanfic. It's fanfic written by Jeff. Okay, that was good. <laughs> uh, the elf Nevens yelled, "Another job well done, Ragnall. Shall we celebrate with a round of blueberry juice?" <laughs> <laughs> Come on, they drink tea here. I'm going to say that's fanfic. It's fanfic written by okay. Craig. <laughs> All right. The women in the land of Antigua. This is five. The women in the land of Antigua wore hoop skirts underneath their skirts to hold them away from their bodies. What? I mean, I guess top hats. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know. Real? That's real. Written by Craig. <laughs> I mean, submitted by Craig. Submitted by Craig. Uh, wow, was that a five for five just there? It was. Wow. Ripping right. them off. Maybe the uh, maybe the sentences is, uh, makes it an easier task. The unnecessary details are where it starts to get confusing. Yes. And of course, it's the end of the book, so you've had a long time to train your neural network on these. That budget. is true. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, who submitted those. Um, and uh, I'm glad Mike will get to experience the book um, as it was meant to be. So... Uh, well, as always, we're hoping for it is the cliche is called Bleary Honored. Yes, we're hoping that the brother Billy, I think, is his name. Billy, so, yes, yeah. yeah, 
Yeah. Will but, Billy get bleary Um We have a Billy and, of course, a William is a big character. So that's always good when they just have <laughs> True. True. Uh, you know, and maybe that's the twist. I don't know. And two Charlie E's, right? Two Charlie E's. Mini Wad and Octopus. Okay. <laughs> uh, maybe she, you know, I, I don't want to get ahead of it, but yeah, maybe uh, maybe Billy is revealed to uh, have had his name changed on his birth certificate when they entered the orphanage from Charlie E or something. Yeah. So the last reading is going to be for you, just like a slog, like, okay, I have to pay attention to this, but I already know where it's going. So. Well, I sort of do. I sort of do. And I okay. also sort of know that we're getting Lady Alamage and foot polo. So I'm very excited about that. Okay, good. Um, because uh, yeah, that's that's that. To me, it's it's impossible to read that and not just think of something dirty. I've been uh, I've been corrupted. So <laughs> um, sure, we'll see what happens. But okay, now, so yes, yeah, we're at the uh, we're at the kingdom of the head centaur, the head of the centaur unicorns. of the unicorns. Yeah. Yes, and, uh, and she's she right is mm-hmm. the most beautiful creature. Uh, ever, they're all just incredibly beautiful. Yeah, but beauty, beauty gets a, a run for its money here. The, the word is devalued. <laughs> it's true, but they uh, again. Where's the security here? They walked right up to the queen and bowed down before her. <laughs> now, I don't know you from Lee Harvey Oswald, frankly. Sure, yeah. What uh, security? <laughs> I mean, I guess you're no, you're no talking gorilla. What the hell are you doing, bowing before me? True, true. I but uh, as the someone pepper the... spray these four, please. <laughs> right, yeah. Look, were my horses? Were my centaurs distracted by a horse somewhere in this vicinity? <laughs> yeah. I, um, but yeah, I, I, as the keeper of the magical arrows, she might have known someday they would be coming. So that's that's what I can think about. But she stood with her back to them, which uh, I thought was a bold power move. That it's was a bold. Good. It's also a bold power move because it says they walked right up to the queen and bowed down before her. The head center of the unicorns was a beautiful centaur. She had the face of an angel. <laughs> mm-hmm. Rebecca stared at the head center of the unicorns in awe. She had never in her entire life seen such a beautiful creature. Rebecca wanted to see the queen's face, but she couldn't. The head center of the unicorns had her back to the teens. So yet again, a roundabout <laughs> sentence. Uh, we'll just be told she had the face of an angel and believe it. Uh, and I like this. Uh, Rebecca couldn't believe she was seeing all of this. She felt special and very grateful to have come to the land of Antigua. You know who would love this? Billy. How, how is he doing? <laughs> huh? You know, is he being Who's that now? For, like trying to put some salt in his gruel or something? I just am curious. Could I have half a biscuit today? Shut up, Billy. Damn it, Billy. <laughs> You'll take your sister's beatings while she's in the Thames. Clean up your poop bucket again. <laughs> uh, okay. So uh, this is just like reflective of, I think, once again, there's three buckets they pull from and one is... Three buckets, uh, eh? <laughs> sorry. Just checking. <laughs> it was on my mind. Yeah. Gliriana. It's on all of our minds. Yes. And uh, so it's either, you know, C.S. Lewis or it's Tolkien or Harry Potter. I yes. mean, right? I think, the, yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. I mean, this this is, the, we had two chapters of Harry Potter preceding this. So I think this is going back to, to you know, Chronicles of Narnia. And they sit and they're just like in awe of this beautiful creature. Maybe there's a little Tolkien in there with the elves, like, oh, just this light emitting from the beauty. And then uh, she says, I know that you have come for the arrows and go fetch them, other beautiful unicorn. And so here's what we get. At that moment, a beautiful unicorn came into the room. 
He had a gold box in his mouth. <laughs> he walked right up to the head centaur of the uniform, unicorns, and she reached up and grabbed the gold box. Now, come on. Does, it's hard to be beautiful when you're carrying yeah. a sizable gold <laughs> box in your mouth filled with four arrows. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, normally, I'm a pretty good looking, <laughs> pretty good looking <laughs> unicorn. Right. But it, <laughs> Oh God! Is it dripping? It's dripping, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? Oh God! Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's rarely that that's how they're depicted on the uh, teen girls posters and stuff. Yes, with the, yeah, yeah, the, the, the yellow teeth with like there's some alfalfa and all the you know the, and the gums are like stuffed, they're receding. Yes. No, trust me, I'm beautiful. And yeah, she grabs the gold box and it's yeah, there's the unicorn saliva all over it. Yes, hmm. <laughs> and she is. So she's a centaur. They're just full-out unicorns, right? The head centaur of the unicorns, yeah. And absolutely no idea how this comes to pass. Is this a tradition of the unicorns? Are they subjugated by her? We we don't understand why uh, the unicorns would not be ruled by one of their own. Um, Oh, okay. Yeah, that's true. She could be like Saddam Hussein, where they're trembling in terror. Yes, yes, like exactly. She she moves their families around to different cities and kills, you know, <laughs> at least once a month. Yeah. <laughs> kills right. the mother and then the father the next month or whatever. Yeah, that's what follows gold box duty. So this, this yes. unicorn is, is weeping as its final moments <laughs> on the earth. Okay. <laughs> but she, uh, they sort of talk about how they survived the pesky bangies. Uh, she gets uh, three white and three light blue unicorns to come and carry them back to the kings. Um, the three teen- the teenagers thank the female head center of the unicorns, uh, which I thought was, I think, the first time. I, I guess they referred to her as her, but it's weird that they called her the female head center of the yes. unicorns. Um, and she says, go fulfill your destiny, and they, they leave. So it was a, a, lot, a whole lot of buildup for that journey to sort of show up, take a slobbery box from a, a unicorn, and leave. Yes, and she knew that they were coming, so it was no, you know, it could have just been, like, at the door, like, at the edge of their kingdom or whatever. Just like, hey, we know you're headed up here for the arrows. Yeah, right. Just take it here. Well, if they had uh, met them there, the Bangi's, you know, threat would have been not negated, so. Yeah, yeah, well. <laughs> so they get, so they fly back, which I guess also negates the point of they went there on foot, right? Uh, yeah, you know, they they are not worried about Gwendevi or seeing them flying on the unicorns, I guess. Okay. So that threat. And unicorns somehow... can fly. Is that a universal thing? No. Okay. Just check. When the centaur horns men, when the centaur <laughs> horns men, horns the... men. Yeah. They were, uh, that was always very jarring to read. Saw the unicorns flying through the air toward the camp with the six teenagers on their backs. They blew their horns loudly. Okay. So the camp, they're headed back towards the camp, so they go, yay, they're headed back towards the camp. Mm-hmm. But the camp, so was the camp in the same location? And how long did this mission take? And right. did the army want to keep advancing? True. Yeah. What was the point of starting out if they just had to set up camp and then wait a few weeks? Do you know what I mean? What, yes. Right. What is happening? Yeah, they, they needed to get this thing so they could kill the dragon, but the army was sort of moving towards the dragon, I guess anticipating they would one day obtain it. So when they head back to the camp, do they go like, oh, my God, what a foolish thing we've done. Of course they're not here. We've been gone for six weeks. <laughs> they are like at the foot of the northern mountains or whatever. And now right. we have to go find them, I guess. Yeah. You know, they had to keep moving because they ran out of food. Yeah. I, 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 you, 
assume that the magical unicorns, one, some of them white, some of them light blue, are able to, I guess, discern this location. Okay. All right. That maybe, answers that. Maybe question. the, since these are centaur horsemen, maybe the head centaur of the unicorns has some sort of mystical centaur bond with them and can triangulate their location. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Uh, they are planning to defeat the evil blue dragon Voltra with this, but there's still time for Williams to be friend zoned one more time by a different woman. Yes. Rebecca sort of bears her soul and says like, I've had hardships in my life. My parents are dead. Uh, they left my brother and me alone in the world, acknowledging the brother. That's good. Mm-hmm. But he says, I, uh, I always feel like running away. Just like I feel now. I feel like running away. William, I hope that doesn't sound terrible to you. I really value your friendship. William. You have become very important to me. <laughs> oh, boy. And just then he's like doing the putting the arm around, you know, yep. <laughs> contemplating the popcorn box trick, everything. And she's like, <laughs> no, you're a good, good friend. Yes. And Aww. I guess I, I misread that. I, I, I thought about Timothy, but that's happened into every guy here. Sure. Yes, that's right. Uh, but it says, so they set, they're at this camp, right? And then they have a nice meal. So they're still, I guess they're not living off K rations anymore. They have a nice meal. After the meal, everyone rested for the night. Rebecca couldn't sleep. So not everyone rested for the night. Sorry about that. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Let me walk that back a bit. You're you're very concerned about that, I'm sure. Uh, Uh. And Gwendevier then does take the opportunity to use her magic crystal ball and the uh, orange, the owl. With his beautiful eyes. Big, beautiful owl eyes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> uh, she looks into the crystal ball and saw what Orin saw she saw the inhabitants of the lands of Antigua ready to go to battle with her she saw the knights and centaurs practicing with their bows and arrows and their swords she saw the miniwads sharpening their weapons Orin can you look at something a bit more important can you yeah <laughs> can you maybe focus on those 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 teens who just retrieved the arrows like the prophecies foretold and not the miniwads I gotta get a joystick on this owl that I can point it around. Yeah, right. this thing yeah. is not. But the owl saw the three kings discussing battle strategy with each other. <laughs> she saw the head knights of the three kings having their own meeting to discuss the impending battle. Wow, rival meetings. The head knights are are going like uh, coup. So, uh, <laughs> what what kind of beer do you like? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I like a good dark. Uh, <laughs> I'm an IPA man myself. You and your IPAs. Uh, you just ruin- pretend to like those. <laughs> How could so, they taste like uh, they taste like soap to me. Like, and yeah. she's like, "Oh, battle plans, eh? Hmm. <laughs> yeah, because we we aren't known if they uh, are able to hear this. So, yeah, no, she might, you can't hear. <laughs> oh, that is a heated battle plan. Wow. Yes. Um, uh, Gozarf comes in. Uh, she tells him uh, he he kneels down to her, and she tells him, "You can worship me later." So that's an interesting wrinkle here. Is that they they worship her as a god, which is. Um, just, you know, more subtext. We'll, we'll explore it in the Cimmerillion of this universe. Right. And she says, like, okay, we're going to, you know, now is the time. We're going to destroy them. I got to get around to this. Um, I was going to throw a fair and have uh, you know, <laughs> right jugglers. The traditional way, sure. Yeah. Yes. But uh, I should, yeah, I should probably get to this. So go grab the that kid, Jonathan. And so he does. And the wizard Jonathan was sitting in the corner of the dungeon on the floor 
a couple of rather large rats ran across the dungeon floor. Uh, Jonathan, potential weapons everywhere, dumb yeah. shit. Yes, absolutely. Grab a spine and start stabbing, you dumbass. If Jonathan had stabbed Gozarf in the neck with a rat spine that he had sharpened, Again, you know, oh, I would, yes. I'd be we calling the Library of Congress to <laughs> we, we would just go, goodbye, everyone. It has been a good <laughs> right, couple exactly. of years here at 372. <laughs> oh, man. What a wuss. He, he, couldn't, he didn't even eat one of them. No. He was full just of cow's watch milk. watch them. Yes. Bread and jam and cow's milk. Uh, which is, uh, the cat is now drinking cow's milk, but the queen, uh, the evil sorceress, kicks the, kicks the bowl. She took her foot and kicked the bowl of milk against the wall. Mm-hmm. So cow's milk everywhere. Yeah, uh, the, we, we we get this description too. The the evil sorceress's entire army of goblins, which were half human and half bat. I forgot whether that was new information or not. I knew that they they slept in the walls and you could see their eyes, but that wasn't yeah. a trait I really associated with bats. I thought I did not know that half of them could fly, <laughs> <laughs> which I find out here. I guess and and there I assume this. What is it? The steel weapons. Oh, yeah, that the trolls were making. Trolls make the steel weapons, so that's all done. That's good. Remember, that was a supply chain problem. They were, yeah, they were trying to make as many as they could. And he had to go. He's like, where are they? And he got there, and he kind of yelled at them like, mm-hmm. you know, you're making three weapons per hour? I want 12. And they're like, ah, we can't do it. But he, they, he beat them, and they did. <laughs> yes, right. So I assume everyone has a stainless steel weapon. Oh, I'm assuming stainless. I probably just steel. It's Hopefully, yeah. I mean, whether that technology exists here. Yeah, and then so the queen gives them this big speech, and this one really puzzled me. Okay. The inhabitants of the land of Antiochus, this is her yelling to her forces, and she doesn't need a, a megaphone or anything. They can hear her. Okay. I, I'm, I'm thinking of, you know, the army of Sauron, yeah, or from Saruman from the top of his tower. Cool. Uh, the inhabitants of the land of Antigua can all be destroyed at this point. I am no longer interested in them bowing down before me. Okay. So, this is quite a change. Yeah. So, like, her generals, who she had had been training for (laughs) months to build, like, series of POW camps. Win hearts and minds, maybe. Equip, provide supplies for them. um, You know, learning to speak their language so that they can communicate with them. So, there's got to be, like, all these logistics guys in her armies just shrugging and looking around. Like, what the... Yeah. What what was I just doing? So, now we're just going to... We're just going to kill them all? Strategy plan again? Yes. Information we could have used yesterday. I mean, I ordered like the lumber that I ordered, the the uh, concrete uh, the, to make the slabs, and I'm going to build these POW camps on. So we're just not doing that. Okay, <laughs> great. great, great, yeah, great. <laughs> yeah, and she's up there being like, I can't hear you in this tower. It only works <laughs> one way. <laughs> Project. Oh, yeah, but that's, I, I, that's a last-minute change to be made. I mean, it, that's a big one. It is surprising, and it is. I, I wish we had, you know, gotten a glimpse of what those meetings would be like, or what she sort of saw her role. Right. Uh, if they if they were going to be, maybe they're going to be worshiping her like uh, like Gozarf did. Yeah. So I guess she would be sitting at the end of this table, probably looking at her phone, and they're like eating jam and and bread and stuff and sipping tea and like, oh, all right. So on, the, on day one. We capture 4,000 of them, mm-hmm. and we stuff them into this barbed wire area. Uh, yeah. G- General Griesgraf. 
I yep. assume you ordered the barbed wire. I have the barbed wire. We've got plenty of hard tack to be feeding them. It's not going to be a good existence for them. But they're, you know, they're prisoners. That's what they're going to be expecting by that point in time. Oh, if we, could, we have a, an experienced person who's been through many wars. What kind of acreage do we need for each camp? Assuming thousand per day of prisoners. And she's going like, "How long is it going yeah. to take?" Yeah, she doesn't look up from her phone, being like, "No, nah, we're just going to kill them all." And oh, change what, my mind. What? I mean, I've already ordered. I've requisitioned. I mean, you can't imagine. Save the receipts. I, you know, it's just not interested. You know, I'm evil. I'll stiff them. I won't pay uh, their bill. I. Okay. All right. That won't sit well with the south, the west, yeah. and the, the slightly southeast. That's uh, where they. That's where they make the bomb. I I did order for my personal account, so that's the the negative feedback's gonna gonna, gonna hurt, ding me hurt my ability to buy uh, you know collectible. WWE merchandise, but yes, but uh, I will say this toast and jam is good. So there's that. And cow's milk—that's better than the goblin milk we usually drink. You know which one of the scrotes that comes from? Number All right, we're done here. Meeting over then. Okay. <laughs> she does say, "Take no prisoners. Prisoners would be absolutely useless to me at this point." So she had, you know, she had had a plan for them. You know, they were going to sure. be toiling or laboring or making swords or something i mean bowing down i i don't know how long they would bow down to her or just troll food you know maybe they need to we have not been told what these things are eating so uh, true that presumably the jam is saved only for her guests true so they they go to war and then the uh some of the goblins run <laughs> the other goblins fr- flew through the air like small dragons <laughs> <laughs> this again this was new to me i'm sure it was mentioned before and we'll get dinged on that yeah that, but that they, half of them can fly so what is the difference like what's well, the adaptation difference it, it said before that they were half human half bat i didn't know that it was half of them were human and half were bat. oh okay that's what she's saying <laughs> okay i thought I was naturally thinking of like the centaur thing, but no, this is yeah. half of them are just guys. <laughs> hey, Dave, do you ever wonder why some of us are like fully bats? Yeah, well, well, I, I looked into that, Phil. It's uh, we got a, so goblins are like uh, mules, where it depends whether your mom was a goblin and your dad was a human, or your dad was a goblin and your oh, because it. the flying gene is actually recessive. So, uh, got it. Say, yeah. is that a new polo shirt? That looks good on you. Thank you. It is actually. Yeah, it's yeah. a uh, vineyard vines well better grab a steel weapon i guess all right yo you got one huh uh, yeah, yeah they were short so i'm uh just going in with all three of my scrotons here oh look some... at my brother flying overhead god that guy can move god, yeah. i feel like an idiot <laughs> half brother come on yes, yeah. <laughs> this is uh this is one of, one of my favorite lines the the goblins are approaching uh the next morning it cuts back to the uh the heroes camp the next morning everyone at the camp of the three kings got ready for battle they made sure that all their campfires were completely out to protect the trees. <laughs> what are we doing? What are, I mean, in theory, you know, we should probably have, you know, maybe 500 words left a book here. And we're putting out, we're protecting trees from forest fires. <laughs> um, but so the whole thing is based on, obviously, the prophecy and the four, uh, the four arrows yeah. and, the, and the four. That the just three princesses and Rebecca. It just happens. So, yeah. Next, Princess Trina, Princess Alexandra, Princess Sasha, and Rebecca took aim and pulled back on their bows. They released the bows, and the four special arrows flew up into the air at exactly the same time, just as the prophecy had specified. <laughs> and so, 
All right. Well, that was uh, that. We're done. We're yeah. done here. The, the four arrows pierced the dragon Voroltar's body before he died. <laughs> the dragon Voroltar let out a piercing scream. Piercing, good. Okay. Yeah. That could be heard that. all over the land of Antigua. He fell to the ground and died. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, not super impressive once he fetches up against the teen girls. What was very funny was that uh, right before that, uh, Thranderfor had called upon the clouds of the sky to bring lightning to destroy dragon Voltrar. Uh, a lightning bolt struck him and wounded him, but it didn't destroy him. It just made him angrier and more dangerous. <laughs> so it's like, you should have known that. We've got a fucking prophecy here that we've been talking about all month long. Like, you had, you, you couldn't wait 30 seconds to try it? Uh, like, I just learned a new spell. I, uh... <laughs> Yeah. I might, thought it might help. I don't know. Hey, shaking uh, up from Jonathan leaving. Hey, live and learn, man. What, you know? <laughs> Pencils, erasers. What am I supposed to do? Um, but also, the prophecy, does it get into that uh, granular detail? Just the, They released the bows and the four special arrows exactly at the same time, just as the prophecy had specified. Huh. So the prophecy is more like a... Instruction a, manual? Yeah, it's a how-to. It's like a YouTube video of, uh, hey, guys, sorry I haven't posted in a while, uh, but here's how you destroy the blue dragon Voraltrar. And, um, yeah, like, so I was out. I was sick. A little a lot of you know that. Like, would you just tell yeah. us how to <laughs> skip ahead five minutes? And then you skip it. And then, so then grab the arrows. Uh, oh, you'll have to go up to the head center of the unicorns to get those. Arrows. <laughs> like, God, right, just yeah. put put one of those links to oh, the right link to, to the thing yeah and he's typing all this out on a on a notepad window as he's as he's narrating it as well and then so yeah so pull back the arrows all all at the same time all at the same yeah okay all right oh we got it that's the prophecy <laughs> the other note here too was that it says uh they only had one chance to destroy it then it says the evil sorceress Gwendevier truly did not know about the special arrows as if it's like trying to convince us it's like no like i'm just going to accept whatever you tell us at this point in time book because <laughs> I, if you say she doesn't know about it i'm not going to be like but does she really <laughs> oh my god so i mean i yeah so it, the the section ends the dragon is dead and then there's like a uh still some goblins and trolls that are attacking and uh centaurs are unleashing arrows we get we get centaur heracles back he's uh shooting bows and arrows at the goblins in the air and on the ground and uh the chapter ends with the centaur archers let loose arrow after arrow at their enemies so we're sort of ending here right in the middle of some exciting stuff well, wouldn't, I mean, this would be like just the way they handled this, like killing the blue dragon Voltrar, which is the <laughs> whole prophecy. It, it, you know, in, in Lord of the Rings, obviously in the movie, they they lead to this. And then really that scene of, of, of Gollum, spoiler alert, by the way, Gollum does destroy the ring of power. <laughs> uh, he doesn't just like, he's on the way there and he trips over a log and falls in and they go, oh, well, it's destroyed. All right. right. I mean, yes. this is... There's a lot going on around it. There's a lot of time focused on it. There's a lot of drama sort of wrung out of this moment. <laughs> but this is truly just like, uh, and then they did what the prophecy, and so the end. And Yeah. I, I don't know, back to the fair, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> it even tips the hand. It says, before he died, he let out a scream, then he fell to the ground and died. So you know it's coming, yes. even though it's only a sentence apart from each other. So. <laughs> I don't know. He was probably still uh, shaken up by his failure to find them in the cave, I'm guessing. Oh, yeah, so frustrated by that. <laughs> how can I not know how to look in caves? I mean, really? 
Who raised Voltrar anyway? <laughs> Voltrar's mom raised a fool, that's who. <laughs> uh, but I guess they still have to take out the uh, the sorceress. So that's what we uh, that's what we might see happen in this next uh, section. Maybe she challenges her to a game of foot polo. I guess we'll find out. I have one confession to make. I'm not doing well at at uh, reading. I'd hate reading a book with no chapters. Yeah. And no indication, not even spaces between paragraphs. Uh-huh. So I read just a tiny bit. Oh, dear. Right. Beyond, like a tiny, tiny He's, bit. Okay. But the only thing I took away from it was we get a lot of good lists of centaurs. So, <laughs> so I'm super excited about that. That's the only thing I saw that That's I was exciting. like, wait a minute. It's been wait, a while. We're, we're describing centaurs. It's probably done. I'm probably done. So. That's uh, saving a hit for the encore, I guess. Yes, yes. Uh, well, we have gone pretty long, so maybe we can wrap up with some dumb sentences. A sentence begins with a capital letter. A capital letter is a letter that's big. A capital letter is not a small letter. A capital letter is big, All right. big, Plenty big, of dumb sentences, and um, I know... We want to let the listeners have their turn, but I will say I'm assuming mine is going to get burnt <laughs> because there is a sentence in here that I oh. I, I assume that at least three people sent in, but okay. we, we shall see. We have one that three people sent in, so we'll see if it okay. happens to be that one. All right. Uh, before we read sentences, we got an email. Uh, we'll, we'll read some more emails after the fact for Patreon. This one's from Brian. And okay. he says, uh, hey, Connor and Mike, love the show and look forward to it every episode. Recently, my wife was in a traumatic car crash where her car flipped over and has had a lot of trouble sleeping. She's okay, just bruised up. Okay, that's good. Oh, my gosh. After, after looking for multiple solutions, nothing seemed to work until Antigua. I told her, let me try reading you this story I've been reading lately. <laughs> So, all right. Uh, hopefully you, you gave her some time to get home and get adjusted. For the past five nights, as I'm reading Antigua, she first laughs, then becomes enraged, then falls into a deep sleep. The one, <laughs> the one thing she can't stand is the constant, never-ending recapping of what was just said. Okay. Thanks, Antigua, for being the tranquilizer my wife needed in a hard time. And thank you guys for the laughs to help help all the stress this has caused. Uh Thank you for listening, Brian, and I'm glad uh, your wife is okay and that Antigua is some sort of balm in this uh, in this hard time. Yeah, and it's a, it sounds like it's a very complex solution to a complex problem, like the fact that you know laughter, rage, lots yeah. of things all work together. I will say, my my own son, uh, he had, he had a non injurious thing, but he did roll his car once, and so I completely sympathize it was very traumatic so i'm glad that uh, antigua is helping that and continued healing on that of course yes and if only your son had had gordel the gorilla to see him through the end of there it might have been an easier road to recovery oh i i sent him a gordel gram yeah oh yeah he he, he didn't know what it was he probably thought he was he's like am i is this the light at the end of the tunnel what is happening (laughs) yes yeah but wishing uh wishing her a full recovery let's get into some dumb sentences uh, here's the first one I have. It's submitted by three people. Jeffrey, Justin, and John all submitted this. But you, my young wizard, is not indestructible. Yes, I win. Wow, wow, really? <laughs> That's the, I guess wow. the number of people who sent it in. That's incredible. That should count for something in the fanfic stats. Yes. Uh, I think Jeffrey said, if someone asked me to boil down the glorious stupidity of Antigua into one sentence, it just might be this one. Yeah. <laughs> well, just uh, to read it again, but you, my young wizard, is not indestructible. So I just wanted to, just to have it in the clear again. There you go. Isn't there a MST line where the woman says, like, you is a werewolf? <laughs> <laughs> yes, something similar. like that. Yes. <laughs> um, 
Elizabeth submitted uh, she took her foot and kicked the bowl of milk against the wall and she said it sounds like she removed her foot and used it to kick the bowl uh, <laughs> uh, Alex submitted the only light the forest had came from the moon that was located right in the sky above it <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the forest had that light uh, Chap submitted Brandon asked well Casanadora what is a beautiful woman such as yourself doing in a dreadful place such as Blackwoodsbury Forest <laughs> Uh, Janelle submitted William yelled Jonathan that was the second time you tried to electrocute me this week and she just like me said she legitimately laughed out loud at that sentence (laughs) Uh, Jay submitted hopefully you will find a few unicorns to ride on to get you through the forest and he said he thought the same thing it sounds so callous and uninvested aren't the unicorns unintelligent I don't know I guess people just use them as transportation and uh, gold box carrying here yeah, I guess they're like those the bikes, right? That you can just just take oh, the yeah. bike and yeah. park it back. As long as you put it back in a rack, you can it's just a use unicorn it. Unicorn share, like the scooters yes. all over Nashville. Yeah, uh, this is submitted by Primate Brain, probably not his real name. It's Sasha yelled out to the land of Antigua. Um, Andy submitted centaur horns. Men blew their horns so loudly that everyone stopped and walked over to the three kings. Uh, just it's it's a very hard thing to read if you it's hard hard to envision it if you can't see it but it's centaur horns men yes oh yes that was the, <laughs> that tripped me up yeah, yeah you heard it live he says it's not necessarily dumb but it's definitely virtually incomprehensible mandy submitted uh the wizard apprentice jonathan said to himself sarcastically a talking cat is all i need right now and she's going to imagine eric roberts reading that part for the rest <laughs> of the book uh mike <laughs> submitted this one this one's good This is the uh, Sorceress's army advancing. The Black Panthers ran ahead of them all because of their speed. And Mike (laughs) said, yeah, their speed determined their speed. I'm guessing they were also heavier than the goblins because of their weight, taller than the goblins because of their height, and furrier of the goblins because of their furriness. Uh, If they were heavier, they could have been used in the fourth challenge that was never depicted. Sure, that would have been great. Oh, man. Uh, a panther that's really been hitting the cow's milk. Uh, <laughs> Jeff submitted, they released the bows and the four special arrows flew up into the air at exactly the same time the prophecy had specified, just as the prophecy had specified. And he had the same questions as you. Does it truly specify releasing all four arrows at once or just striking them? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mark submitted, one of the cows said moo. Yes. And he said uh, he he didn't moo. He also like the gorillas and foxes. It has the power of speech, and yet it's still choosing to say moo. And then Harris submitted. Everyone jumped up from their seat and stood up, which is he says opposed to when you jump up and immediately fall back down. <laughs> I had two ones that did not get burned. That I oh had nice okay. Uh, yeah. The first one is uh, the tree. This is in Blackwoodsbury Forest. The tree was more alive than William had imagined. <laughs> and, you know, one, you know, his, his limits of imagination are probably quite unimpressive. But alive is definitely a binary thing, right? You're either, it's either one or the other. So he had hard to be more alive than he had imagined if William had imagined that it was just dead, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess there are... You see a dead tree, like it just hasn't fallen over yet or whatever. Okay, but, sure, if we're going to parse it like that. But <laughs> but there's definitely a, a, a thing that it's either alive or dead, yes. Yeah. And then the second one was, uh, the, I think this was the king, maybe? I do not want her to see two wizards, three princesses, and this young lady riding through the skies on magic wands. It's just, that's the that's the king on the cusp of the battle that will you know define the rest of the future of the kingdom. He's... Just obsessed with the teens. <laughs> yes. 
Oh, man. Uh, I'm pretty proud of picking that sentence. And That's remarkable. Predicting how many people would have sent it in. That's... I don't even... Was that the guy talking to... Uh, was he talking to Jonathan during the competition? Uh, that's the uh, the evil sorceress Guendevier. Oh, okay. Yeah, when she's Got not it. when she's not kicking cow's milk across the floor with her foot. Detachable foot, yeah. Detachable foot. She's uh, my favorite saying, King Missile song. Yeah, she's saying. <laughs> so uh, yeah, well, as I said at the beginning, a lot of notes. Sorry, but this is this it's is just, what this book is doing to it's us. It's dense. It's just you know full of riches. You know, it's it like is. a. It's like a treasure chest that the dragon presumably would have been hoarding in one of those caves if he hadn't been afraid to go in them and look for the teen uh, wizard apprentices. And, you know, of, of that, Larry calls up his friend Eric Roberts. is like, hey, it's, you get to do that movie? Because I'm going to put a cat in my book, too. And uh, Eric Roberts says, yeah, right, I'm, <laughs> I'm coming over. All right, you come over. And so... That's what I imagine this ends. That's, yeah, that is a, a, a dark web recreation waiting to happen. It will have to wait for next time, though. When we finish Antigua Part 1, the book World Land of Fairies, Wizards, and Heroes. I cannot wait, and I can't wait for you to get a chance to read the last paragraph uh, at your own speed. I'm, I'm very excited. Yes, without it being thrust in front of my face by a traitor. All right. All right. Thanks. Thank you, everybody. Thanks, Patreon. Yep. So long.